Welcome to Weird Kid Video. I'm Cameron Snape and I miss video source so much I opened one in my own home, packed with the VHS tapes of the trash cinema I grew up watching at a highly inappropriate age. Every week I force my co-host Kira Jade Opitz and Brody McDonald to sit through a movie for us to discuss. So come on in, have a look around and sign up for a membership. This is Weird Kid Video. that you tend to do the most of the talking and we pipe in. Yeah. Brody annoys us. That's his bad takes. That's me. <laughs> that's correct. Old business. We're back, motherfuckers. Yeah, we're back you from think, outer space. You would think having been gone for so long we would have old business, but I don't have any old business. No, I, have, I, don't. I have lots of old business. Oh, good. Do you? Yeah, I have lots of oh, old business. Hectic. Fantastic. Things happen. I've been collecting old business. Nice. Yep. That's well, helpful. Pray tell. This would have been a great time for you to collect all of your old business to, you know, wrap up nah, last season. What old I business? I don't have any no, old business. business. No, it's still done. <laughs> no, 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 no. Two super old things. We all forgot to mention on our best of the year episode how great the bear is. We, we owe the bear an apology. Oh my god! I and we didn't. all loved it too. We owe the bear an apology. Fuck! So that TV so show is great. Yeah. It is. And um, the guy who played—I oh, forget his name in in the show—but the guy who played Lip in Shameless, the main guy. I don't know who the fuck you're talking about. No, the main guy. Okay. Out of the, the main, bear. The main guy in the bear. Shameless. Oh well, the main guy out of the bear. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh my god. Looking respectfully. Okay, here we go. But he Story has some started. like James Dean energy. He is just so hot. I don't know what it is. Okay. Really? Yeah. Especially when he's like dirty and sweaty. I think he's attractive. He's he definitely a certain, attractive. He has a certain magnetism. I mean, he's interesting, but he's like- so charismatic. Yeah, like he's charismatic. I just wouldn't have thought he'd be someone that you would be drooling over. I didn't think so either. And then the show continued on. And I was like, he's a fucking fox. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good to know. And Barbarian. What do you mean? Oh. So when I did my list, there was a bunch of movies I hadn't gotten to. Yeah. I've gotten to quite a few of them since then. And one of them was Barbarian. So and good. holy fuck, Barbarian. Barbarian. Yes. You should watch it. All right. We screamed at the TV for the entire running time. What is it? Go in cold. Go in cold. But not do, not look, do not look it up. Yeah, don't get spoiled because there's things that you don't can get, get spoiled, spoiled for. Just watch it. It's a 90 Ooh. minutes. It's a fucking ride. All right. It's one of the best ride movies I've been on in a long time. Oh, yes. And we just literally screamed at the TV the whole time. Like a little bit action adventure, a little bit romance, a no. little bit everything? No. You're no. not telling me nothing. No. Just it's watch just it. Fuck you guys. It's just, yeah, it's really good. All right. It would I'm have been in. second or third on my list. Wow. Yeah. That is a massive Now, core. we did recency bias, which I kind of don't really think exists, but I do wonder how it holds up on a rewatch. Yeah. But I'll find out in six months and report back. Yeah, I think that there'd be a level of it of it losing its impact on a rewatch because you then know what the things that, su- that surprised you the first time yeah. are and therefore they don't surprise you the second time because you agree yeah, what's right. going to happen. Mm. So you'd lose that, which is also why don't get spoiled. Yeah. Um, because you want to enjoy All the right. situation. All right. You but, guys are fucking amped about but I this. Think, I think there's still elements that would hold up on a second yeah. rewatch. All right. And then the other one, which we only watched last night, is Duel, Riley mm. Stone's film Duel. That was a good time too. That would have been lower on my list. Probably would have been in my- D-U-E-L. D-U-A-L. Oh. Duel. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, would have been would have been lower on my list, but still worth checking out. It was a really good time. It's very particular. 
Yeah. Right. It has a very particular sense of humour. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I might check it out. I don't know if we mentioned, but Glass Onion, did we mention that? Uh, it was on it my I wanted come, to see it list. Yeah, because yeah. it hadn't come out when we recorded our last episode. Have you guys seen it? Yes. We have. How do you feel about it? Eh. Yeah, same. I don't I liked admit it. it. I liked it. Was it. Fun. it was a good time. Yeah. It was very funny. It was much broader than the first movie in terms of its comedy. Yeah. It was much less the characters were a little bit more caricature and car- and cartoony than the first movie. Yeah, and, and it I was don't like respond too to that. Modern. You know what I mean? It but t- Knives Out is so modern, so super but modern. But Knives Out the concept is older, which which helped like the murder mystery. But it's all about like everybody in the family there's like Trumpies in the family and all kinds of stuff. That's it's an so old thing super, though. Tr- as in, like Donald Trump supporters. No, but like you and know, like the politics those of people that in your family that are yeah. like that. Oh, yeah, okay. I did the the, the they are modern, setting. They, and okay, the, so okay, so I'll push back on that because one of the things that Ryan Johnson talks about is the fact that Agatha Christie didn't write dusty old murder, murder mysteries. Yeah, she wrote things that were modern and reflective of the times in which yeah. she wrote. And he is doing the same thing with with knife with knives out. I, I think and knives gla- out. And glass on it. I think knives out. The aesthetic and the the heightened character performances fit in with the. Murder murder mystery conceit right. there a little bit, whereas Glass Onion, it fell apart a little bit because it was yeah. so... I mean, I'm defending it. I didn't really... Li- I didn't love it. I yeah. liked it. I didn't li- I didn't love it. Yeah. Um, and I still really like... Gla- well, I didn't really and like also Glass the, Onion. Here's the thing. The third one will be a completely different, different... You reckon? Well, no, they all are. That's what Ryan Johnson has said. Oh, yeah, of is course. That, yeah. Is that each movie is going to be completely different, completely, completely standalone. Still loved... Uh, what's his name? God, I'm so Daniel, terrible in there. What's his name? Who? Yeah, Daniel that guy. There was in that thing. Daniel was Craig was still yeah. amazing. All the character performances were really great, actually. I do wonder whether with that one, whether a rewatch would be better because you're then not comparing it to Interesting. Knives Out. I have seen it twice. It did, did not improve help. From it did not improve. No. I thought maybe taking the expectations of Knives Out off it because you know that it's not it's the not. same yeah. I would did, help. I did like the layering of that idea of like, like an onion? Yeah. Where it's like, where he's, he's mistalking about what being a disruptor is and how that comes in at the oh, end. Oh, yeah, and that like is dumb as shit. The one I love, thing I like no one wants honest. you to fuck up, you fuck up. And then the other bit of old business, which is slightly new business, is mm. that Kira and I are having a child. Woo! Yay! Surprise, surprise. Uh, yeah, I mean. You, you are? <laughs> Take care. We're due in April, so as a result, you may hear some new voices this year <laughs> yes. as Kira yeah. takes some time off to either rest or to commit various murders against yes. people that are causing her. <laughs> so annoyance. Brody won't be heard from <laughs> after a certain while. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's what's going on. So th- please forgive us for any bumps in the road. And yeah. If we are a little late, if we miss things, anything happens. It's because two of us are becoming be, parents. Two of us <laughs> are becoming three of us. Yeah. And I mean, Brody's and kind Brody. of. And yeah. <laughs> Brody. Sure, I'm sure his life will also be interrupted. You guys have already been a three, so like you're used to it. Already yeah. having a child to take yeah. care of. Exactly. And, and you're going to have Uncle Judy's. And exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's going to be so cute. I can't wait to find out if it's going to be a boy or a girl. <laughs> it's not even business. <laughs> New business. New business. New business. Okay, this week. Now, we're, we're dumb as fuck, so we didn't pick a movie at the end of last year for the first episode of this year. <laughs> yeah, we I, forgot I just, about how that would work Yeah, out. I'm just like, we forgot how the podcast worked. We could do it fake right now. Right no, here. no, no. So I'm just going to talk through. So what we ended up doing was I presented three choices over the internet. Fuck the internet. Uh, <laughs> this week is Kira's pick. I presented her with, still on the list from last year, Flatliners with one strike. Yep. Today's a good day to die. Flatline. 30 seconds to go. 
Can you recall any specific emotion or sensation? No, but there is something out there. We're running out of time. 300, clear. Nothing. Your heart, go again. Clear. Nothing, I can't hear anything. Come on, Nelson. Freeze. We lost him. Welcome back, man. I'm going next. Two minutes. Two ten. Was there anything negative about your experience? This is too weird. We've experienced death. Now, somehow, we brought our sins back physically. They're pissed. That is not a hallucination, and it is not possible. Oh, my God. You withheld information. That's the same as lying. You wouldn't have done it. At least we would have had a choice. They're not real. <laughs> hey, come on. They're your sins. Live with them. I do. No! Nelson, please! I thought I paid my dues. Thank you for the nightmare. No! Come on, Joe! Starting CPR. Flatliners. Some lines shouldn't be crossed. And the two new picks were Walter Hill's Streets of Fire. Ooh, great choice. Just a great choice. I'll be coming for her. And I'll be coming for you too. Sure you will. And I'll be waiting. are about to enter a world unlike any you've ever seen before where rock and roll is king the only law is a loaded gun where the beautiful stay and see the show it's really good the brutal i want tom cody and the brave all meet from now on it's for real in streets of fire Do you even know that movie? No, I haven't seen it, but I know it's made by the guy who did Warriors. Yeah, that's what you're excited yeah. about, right? And then the movie that Kira picked. This week, we're spending some quality time in the valley. We're talking about Fast Times at Ridgemont High from 1982. Universal Pictures presents everything you always wanted to do in high school with everyone you always wanted to do it with. Hey, bud, let's party. They're the students of Ridgemont High. Uh, Brad Hamilton, the fast food king. I shall serve no fries before their time. It says 100% guaranteed, you moron. Mister, if you don't shut up, I'm gonna kick 100% of your ass. Charles Jefferson, a man with a mission. Oh, gnarly. Linda Barrett, not exactly the girl next door. Awesome. Totally awesome! And Jeff surfs up Spicoli. People on moods should not drive. See Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh, just a great choice, may I say. Great choice. It seemed like a good beginning of the year movie. Like yeah. Something easy to start us off. <laughs> easy. 
you know, like a teen movie. Okay. It's like, it's not yeah. going to be like confusing and I don't know what's happening. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> it's not going to be a slog to watch. Plot. I'm picking up what you put down. <laughs> it's going to be a teen movie. There's going to be teenagers that are going to date each other. I mean, it's. Yeah. And I have and never I seen and this movie. And this either. is like one of those movies that you just. You've heard a lot about, yeah, but you've like never actually seen it. It's yeah. part of the world's like culture. And I had never seen it because I was just edged out of that. Like age range, never went back to it. Yeah. Sure. And yeah. I wasn't sure if I'd seen it, but having now watched it, I think, no, I hadn't seen yeah. it. Directed by Amy Heckling, our first female director. Hey, Bullshit. Yeah fuck, yeah, fuck that took way too long. Wow. I mean, oh, that says we, something about We've done female the, producers before. Yeah. Fem- Gail Ann yeah. Hurd was a female producer. I mentioned her because we hadn't done any female directors at that point. And we have, this is our first female Yay. director. Yay. That says more about the decades that we're covering, not us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's harder to find uh, movies in the types of things. It was a very male-dominated industry. Yeah. It's still a very male-dominated industry. In fact, Amy Heckling would agree with me. It's a very male-dominated mm. industry because, well, you'll find out. So Heckling went to art school in New York before moving west to LA to go to the American Film Institute where she made a short film that got her enough attention that the head of Universal Studios, Tom Mont, hired her to direct this movie, Fast Times at Richmond High. It is her first film. Heckling went on to, she didn't want to direct women's pictures. Yeah. She wanted to just direct whatever she felt like directing. She also did National Lampoon's European Vacation. <laughs> when? Yeah. In the 80s. Oh, after my this. God. This movie's 82, so it's early, very early in the 80s. So European Vacation is after is after that. Okay. Look Who's Talking and Look oh. Who's Talking oh. 2, the wow. Bruce Willis talking baby movie. Yeah. Okay. I actually really like those movies. <laughs> They're not bad, are they? They're fun. Those you can movies, definitely sit down and watch them. Those movies introduced me to David Bowie and Talking Heads because oh. the first movie has a great soundtrack. It has like an amazing soundtrack. Really? Yep. Okay. I think she may be the only director, male or female, that has directed iconic teen movies in three different decades. Wow. Fast Times at Richmond High in the 80s, Clueless in the 90s. Oh, that's where I knew the name from. Whoa. And Loser in the early 2000s. Oh, hectic. Yeah, I figured that 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 would be your. But like Loser's one of those ones where it's like Clueless, fucking immaculate film, like the best. But like Loser's one of those ones where it's like, yeah, I kind of, I kind of love that I like movie. That, I like yeah. that movie. Dingo. Jason Biggs and Mina Savari. Where they basically it's actually play a college, out It's actually a college song. movie. Yeah. It's the song that made Teenage Dirtbag famous. Yeah. Okay. The movie that made Teenage Dirtbag famous. And you think I've seen it? I bet you would have. Okay, well, we'll, we'll, we'll figure that out. <laughs> What's her name? Something Mina? Mina Savari. Mina yeah. Savari. She's also in, so they were both in American Pie. And yeah. And they were both in Loser. So three <laughs> different decades, three kind of iconic teen movies. Yeah. Is she still doing stuff? Her output has slowed yeah. since the turn of the century. Loser was like her last kind of hit movie. She has made a couple of other things, but nothing that we would talk about. She actually fell into like the schlocky. Um, Not Mina Savari, Amy Heckling. Oh, sorry. Amy Heckling's only made three movies in the past 20 years. Oh, right. Which is kind of disappointing. Her last movie was 10 years ago. It was Vamps in 2012, which I oh, haven't yeah. seen. Written by Cameron Crowe. I know that name. <laughs> You're not sure you know who Cameron Crowe is? Nope. Me and names. Cameron you know. Crow. Me and names. Okay. I'll pass over to Ken now. Yeah. <laughs> Cameron Crow started as a journalist for Rolling Stone magazine when he was a teenager. Uh-huh. He then, as an adult, turned that into the fictionalized version of his own life. Oh, he's the guy from Almost Famous? He directed, wrote and directed Almost Famous. Right. So Hectic. he had been, yeah, he'd been a teen journalist for Rolling Stone. He wanted to get into movies. The producer of this movie, Art Linson, told him that he should write a novel first to learn how to tell a story. 
Fair. Like a longer story. Yeah. So in order to write the novel, he spent a year undercover at a San Diego high school as a student. What the fuck? People actually do that? He did that in the 80s. You went to high school. And then- How old was he? He was, so he always looked, he always looked younger than he was. And he was always, so he was in his 20s. Right. And then he, so he mm. went to high school for a year wow. in San Diego and then wrote yep. the novel, Fast Times of Richmond High, which he then adapted into his own screenplay. Let's Can just hope. principal let, that gets asked whether they are going to yeah. let so that happen. There is a story about how they connected, the principal and Cameron Crowe connected over a band. Okay. And that was why he let Cameron Crowe into the school to do it. I don't think that anybody would let a 20-year-old do that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. When Heckling came on board, she felt like the script read like studio notes with all the danger kind of sanded off it. So she went back to the novel, read the novel and was like, no, this is the movie. And then she worked with Cameron Crowe to reshape the movie into what we ended up with. Mad. It would not be the last time that they... to understand some of the danger of this movie. Yeah. Crow, of course, would go on to... You can feel that in this movie, actually. Yeah, we'll talk about that as we kind of talk through the movie. Okay. Crow would go on to write and direct Say Anything with John Cusack, which is one of my favourite movies of all time. Say Anything. And Ioni Sky. There's a chance that you have not seen it. Some of the, yeah, some of the imagery may be iconic. Uh. You may have seen it parodied. Oh, is it the one where he does the... um Boombox above his head? Yeah, Kira yeah, just said that's that. That's why oh, I said boombox and then oh, did this. Oh, sorry. No, I've never <laughs> yeah. seen that. Cool. It's yeah. on the list. Mad. It's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful movie. Singles, a romantic comedy set in the grunge scene of Seattle featuring a bunch of real musicians. Very cool. So it's set in the time, it was shot in the time period that grunge was a big deal. Big Wait, deal. it wasn't that one we saw a trailer for, was it? That you said you feel like you should have seen with John no. Cusack? No. No? That's not. Okay. okay, this isn't, we've moved on. <laughs> We're already in Confusion City. We're talking about a different movie. <laughs> now. Talking about a different movie now. Singles. Uh, my bad. John Cusack is not in singles. Oh right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you fuck, man. We're back. Jerry Maguire, which was what? his big hit. He wrote and directed Jerry Maguire. Oh my god, I used to love that movie. Yeah, I haven't seen it in a very long time. Yeah, I didn't either. like it when I saw it a long time ago. I really? don't think I would like it when I came back. Yeah, it's the beginning of the turn for me for yeah. Cameron Crowe. Vanilla Sky. Oh, so I he like went full one. Tom Cruise. So, well, he did, no, Jerry Maguire, and then he made Almost Famous and Vanilla right. Sky back to back. Those two movies were made with the same crew back to back. To back. Wow, they are and very a, different very, movies. Very, very different movies. Vanilla Sky is a is the cover song version of a Spanish movie called Hombre Los Ochos, oh. Open Your Eyes, which I fucking love to death. Really? And one day- we're going to do a very special episode cool. where we watch both movies and compare and contrast. Fuck yeah. Ooh. I would love that. So let's do that soon. If either Vanilla Sky or Umbrella Ultras is on the list, we're watching two movies that week. Yeah, mad. Interesting. Right? Since then, he's kind of fallen off a cliff. Although I know a lot of people would say that Vanilla Sky is the cliff. <laughs> yeah. I. It didn't stick with me at all. I remember seeing it. Don't remember a thing cool. about that movie. Uh, Elizabeth Town. The movie that inspired the coining of the phrase Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Yeah. Oh. The living meme, we bought a zoo. Oh, my God. Aloha, which cast Emma Stone as a mixed-race Chinese-Hawaiian character. Makes sense. Yeah. Yep. And (laughs) a TV show that Kira loves, Roadies. Oh, yeah, Roadies. Which is his last, which lasted one season and was abruptly cancelled. Yeah. Never seen it. What was it about? The concept was good. It just didn't really work out. It was about roadies. Band roadies. Band roadies. So it was following like the backstage life of this group of roadies. and Kind of like extras or something? No. No. No? No, more straight ahead, not as much Uh, of a comedy. Yeah. 
that had a little like almost famous feel where there was a band, there was a big famous band and they like they that's the they were the touring roadies for that group and they were on a tour and right interesting personal concept. relationships and stuff and it was it was okay it had a musical performance every episode there was always a supporting act that ended up kind of being at least playing one song yeah, yeah right but it didn't review very well didn't rate very well yeah and, I feel um, like they probably needed to push the concept further uh, or do a bit more with it I think it didn't have enough going for it so yeah. I love early Cameron Crowe and then Cameron Crowe absolutely falls off a cliff into I know people fucking love Almost Famous yeah I do not it veers too much into like there's this oh, fuck I can't even really explain it it's this like almost sentimentality it's this Gee whiz, isn't everything that's happening so important right now and so yeah. profound? Yeah, I get you. And that, but it is for that age group that feels like that. But all of his work starts to feel like that. Yeah, right. And then every, like, and the things that he is saying, he's got to say aren't actually particularly profound. Yeah, so I hate that. So it starts to become kind of cloying and the emotion and the kind of earnestness starts to become unearned. Yeah. And that's why Camera Crow falls off a cliff for me. Okay. And I feel that like that begins with almost famous because yeah. I don't. I well, don't feel for that almost, movie. almost famous is through a boy's eyes. So yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's I just it. yeah. No, it's it's actually mostly everybody else in almost famous. It's not the kid. He's kind of moved on to some doco stuff, but he hasn't cool. really worked on anything since Roadies. Starring an ensemble cast of thousands, including some background performances by future stars. Yeah, yeah. I felt like there were. We'll, we'll talk about people as they as they appear in the background. Of course, cool. that's a good thing about these kinds of movies at this time frame is that like heaps of people got cast and they weren't anybody yet. There so was they get, like, one, one person like- who looks like a fucking baby and <laughs> like compared to how I normally know him. Yeah, and mm. oh my god, what a sight! <laughs> Jennifer Jason Leigh as Stacey Hamilton. She's wonderful. She's the best. She's yeah, the she was very good. The Hitcher, which is a movie that's definitely on the list. Backdraft, Single White Female, The Hudsucker Proxy, Existence. Wow. Existence is so on the list. Curious. Wow. Giving me dead eyes. I don't because, like that one. That's uh, a good one. The Machinist and on and on and on. She was recently in the Twin Peaks revival. Wow. It's not that recent. She's still working. She's amazing. I She's can't picture best. her in modern day. Jennifer Jason Leigh. I love Jennifer, Jennifer Jason, Jason Leigh. Jennifer Jason Leigh. Okay. Judge Reinhold as Brad Hamilton. Your boy. Yep. Good old Neil from Santa Claus. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Before this, <laughs> he'd been in Stripes very briefly uh, and oh, running so good. and running scared. After this, Gremlins. Oh, yep. yeah. The three Beverly Hills Cop movies and the upcoming Beverly Hills Cop movie, <laughs> Beverly Hills Cop Axel Foley. You reckon it'll be good? No. <laughs> I hope it's great. I hope it's terrible. I mean, I really do hope it's good. It's for Netflix. I hope it's good. Yeah. Probably won't be. No, it's from the directors of Bad Boys Three, which is a movie I quite enjoyed. So really, oh yeah, that movie's good fun. Ah, uh, any Sorry Bad Boys that isn't the first Bad Boys? <laughs> no, I don't like the first Bad Boys. Oh my god, you suck. Yep, I do. <laughs> Brian Backer as Mark Rat Ratner. He's in a Tom Hanks Shirley Long movie called The Money Pit. That as a kid, I desperately wanted to see because I thought it was about a couple that bought a house and found a pit of money, Goonie style. <laughs> it is not. <laughs> that should be a movie, though. It's about a young couple that buy a house and then sink all of their money into it because it's falling apart. Boo! Too real world. So um, did you just guess that that was the plot based yeah. on the name of the film? Also because it was Steven. It's produced by Steven Spielberg. Uh, right. So you just I thought it was about that. a pit of money. <laughs> I mean, that would be good. I was so disappointed. You would be. Like, Imagine so you going to watch it. Uh, the thing is, it's getting- like we saw the trailer and I remember my dad being like, I-, I was so excited. My dad was like, 
why do you want to see that movie? <laughs> <laughs> and then I watched that movie and I was like, this sucks. Apparently it's really good. I want to revisit it because apparently it is just a good movie on its own. Yeah. yeah I would like to come back to it without it the disappointment. To be. Yeah. yeah. If you're not expecting it to be about a pit full of money and an adventure, yeah. uh, it would probably be more I mean, every movie is improved by a pit full of money though. I mean, yeah. yeah. He is also in a Beverly Hills, oh, Beverly Hills, fuck man, I got Beverly Hills on my brain. He's in one of the Police Academy movies. Yeah. And not much else. Didn't have much else of a, uh, of a career. Robert Romanus as Mike Damone. He's a working actor to this day, but in nothing that would interest us. Yeah, because he did our girl dirty in this movie. Well, yeah, we'll get into it. Phoebe Cates as Linda. Is Phoebe Cates not one of your swoon girls? I do. I like Jennifer Jason Lee more. Okay. I like Phoebe Cates. Phoebe Cates is, is wonderful. But yeah. Jennifer Jason Lee. Yeah. Every day. And I already mentioned that she's like kind of iconic in 80s cinema because of one particular scene in this movie, which we will get to. And then Sean Penn as Spicoli. Yeah, he's a good time. He is a fucking great time. My God, this is the man that I was talking about. Baby Sean Penn. <laughs> yeah. So Baby Sean Penn is a dream boat and also fucking good dude, man. <laughs> so this was his breakout role. This is the movie that made Sean Penn. All right. Yeah. It, before this, he'd previously been in Taps, and he's basically patient zero for the stoner teen in teen movies. Yeah. All right. Yep. Yeah. Fair he, enough. Yep. Yeah. That definitely explains a lot of things. According to the rest of the cast and crew, they never met Sean Penn. <laughs> they only ever met Spicoli. <laughs> <laughs> he is, in fact, stoned during several scenes in this movie. Oh, I was going to say, like, how did we, how did they get his eyes like that? You smoke. That was some authentic fucking bloodshot eyes. Of course, he's gone on to have a long career as an actor, writer, director, pain in the ass, and narc on Mexican drug lords. But there's also (laughs) not much else in much else that we were talking about, really. So is he a method actor? Is that why they didn't, like, is he always like that? Yeah. He's a massive pain in the ass. Yeah. Yeah. Who's going to recap the premise of Fast Times of Richmond High? Oh, I think you should. I think you should. (laughs) The baby thinks you should. Oh, fuck. Can't refuse the baby. <laughs> what the fuck is it about? It is about, it is a high school movie uh, with an ensemble cast that deals with life. It really is a quite a true telling of high school at the time, I feel. And even kind of how I... Are you still premising or are you just talking now? Musing on my premise, okay. <laughs> full stop, the, and talking about it. The blockbuster entertainment guide to movies and videos from the year 1998, Fast Times at Richmond High. One year in the lives of several students in a Southern Californian high school. Film was a surprise hit when released and continues to grow in stature with each passing year. Highlights in the standout cast include Lee as a shy young girl who, who yearns to learn about sex and love, and Sean Penn as a stone surfer who has pizza delivered to class. Funny, poignant adaptation from Cameron Crowe from his own novel Four Stars. That's Fuck pretty yeah. good for That's like the probably the best rating we've had from yeah. the Blockbuster God. Jenna Maslin of the New York Times <gasps> in August of 1982 Oh my god! Wrote, Jay Bomb! Can they, yeah I know so I'm excited. So excited. <laughs> Guys we so did it. It only to took us a year. We did. Mission accomplished. <laughs> put the sign put the banner up pull the banner up we found a movie that Jenna Maslin talked about. Yay! Yay. Okay, now we have to hear what she has to say. Okay. Can there be anything about life in high school, particularly life in suburban Californian high school, that the movie-going public hasn't already seen? Well, maybe there can be. A little bit of it turns up in Fast Times of Ridgemont High, a jumbled but appealing teenage comedy with something of a fresh perspective on the subject. All these young actors are relaxed, funny, and natural, but the movie's real scene-stealer is Sean Penn as a pink-eyed surfer named Jeff Spicoli who wouldn't dream of holding down a job. 
Uh, coming back after the recap, Mr. Crow's book, notwithstanding its unruly light tone, has a certain amount of grit. It has its share of deaths, drug problems, and other bleak moments, including one young girl's vividly recalled abortion. Miss Eckelim's film, being cut down from its present into its present R-rated form, reportedly contained an abortion scene and some explicit sexual episodes. Her film can do just as well without them, since most of that most of it's too fluffy and insubstantial to accommodate anything raw. There's evidence here that she was after something other than a cheerful, casually diverting movie, but she hasn't achieved much more. Far Side of Richmond High is quite messily assembled in some places, and there are moments where the director's comic timing is off. Oh, I will say, because it's a good movie, we didn't get to experience her uh, sharp wit, <laughs> but that is a fucking spot on review. What was yeah. the rating for it? In the US... This was rated, rated R. See, that's incredible. Because what she was touching on there, how it's like, it feels like there's meant to be like deeper or more graphic or more heavy scenes, but they're not there, which probably is what you're getting off, getting to when you say that a lot of things were sanded off. Yeah. yeah. It well, seems like the movie needed or wanted more to be happening. Yeah. And that we never really delved deep enough into any of the storylines because I didn't really feel that connected to anything. Uh, like I enjoyed it. Like I could watch it. And the only character that I kind of felt anything for was Spicoli because he's in it more yeah. and he's entertaining and he's not meant to have anything more to it. I feel like I was supposed to be more invested in people's love lives yeah, than I was. That's why it feels jumbled, like Janet Maslin saying. And like it's right that like it's so fluffy that if it did have those heavier scenes, I don't know how well it would have carried them. Yeah. It's pretty light for a movie that involves a teen girl getting an abortion. Yeah. Like that's one of my notes. Like they just show some stuff that have some com- – they, heavy, they, heavy complications and, yes. and consequences. Yes. And they don't deal with them. And they don't deal with the consequences. Yeah. 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 But it is very – I mean like a lot of other things are very true to high school. Roger Ebert, in contrast, Ooh. wrote – and I haven't edited this very much. I might edit this on the fly because it has a certain ranty quality yeah, okay. sure. that I wanted to keep intact. How could they do this to Jennifer Jason Lee? <laughs> How could they put such a fresh and cheerful person into such a scuzz pit of a movie? Wow. Scuzz pit. <laughs> Don't they know they have a star in their hands? I didn't even know who Lee was when I walked into Fast Times at Ridgemont High, and yet I was completely won over by her. She contained so much life and light that she was a joy to behold. And then she and everyone else in this so-called comedy is invited to plunge into offensive vulgarity. Wow. <laughs> Let me make myself clear. I'm not against vulgarity as a subject for movie comedy, but vulgarity is a very tricky thing to handle in a comedy. The tone is everything, and the makers of Fast Time at Richmond High have an absolute gift for taking potentially funny situations and turning them into a general embarrassment. They're tone deaf. This movie is another one of those adolescent sex romps such as Porky's and Animal House, in which part of the humour comes from raunchy situations and dialogue. This movie is so raunchy, however, that the audience can't quite believe it. I went to a sneak preview thrown by a local rock radio station uh. and the audience had come for a good time. But during a scene involving some extremely frank talk about a certain popular method of sexual behavior, even the rock fans were grossed out. Uh. <laughs> There's a difference between raunchiness and gynecological detail. Eber can fucking, <laughs> Eber can suck a dick, man. He sucks so much. He's such a fuckwit. Like, oh, this is the second time that I felt like he's gotten way too into yeah. one of the female characters yes. in the movie. Yeah, totally, he's right? Like, got these oh, weird he's fantasies, not, man. He's not finished. Oh. The movie's cast struggles valiantly through all this dreck. 
Rarely have I seen so many attractive young performers invited to appear in so many unattractive scenes. Lee, for example, plays a virginal young student at Ridgemont High. She's curious about (sighs) sex, so the movie immediately turns her into a promiscuous sex machine that will go to bed with anybody. And then her sexual experiences all turn out to have an unnecessary element of realism, so that we have to see her humiliated, disappointed, and embarrassed. Whatever happened to upbeat sex? Oh my god. Whatever happened to love and lust and romance and scenes where good looking kids had a little joy and excitement in their lives instead of all this grungy downbeat humiliation. Fuck off. This goes on for like another fucking like four paragraphs. My god. This dude, sorry Kira for this image, but this dude has something in one hand and is typing with the other. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's oh, why does somebody as, yourself. Why does somebody as pretty as Lee have to have her nudity exploited in shots where the only point is to show her ill at ease? Oh my God. If this movie had been directed by a man, I'd call it sexist. It was directed by a woman, Amy Heckling, and it's sexist all the same. He's wearing a fedora and is like white knighting all this over this review. What if- He's wearing a fedora. <laughs> <laughs> He's just a big white knight. I give this movie three fedoras. <laughs> it, it goes on and on and on. Misconceptions about women's rights, blah, 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 blah. Oh my right. God. It just goes on. Mansplained by me. Uh, Sean Spade is perfect. It's a pot smoking space cadet. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> Phoebe Cates is breathtaking as a more experienced girl who gives Lee those distasteful te- lessons in love. Oh my God. He's uh, so dirty. Why does he have to make everything he so He does dirty? talk about the men. So Judge Reinhardt is funny. As a uh, perennial fast food cook who rebels against the silly uniform he's supposed to wear. The unnecessary detail about sexual functions isn't funny, it's distasteful. Lee looks so young, fresh, cheerful uh. and innocent that we don't laugh when she gets into unhappy situations with men. We wince. The whole movie is a failure of taste, tone and nerve. The waste of a good class on erratic, offensive material that, has been, that hasn't been thought through or maybe even thought about. Roger Ebert sucks. you got to take Roger Ebert with a grain of Ebert. Oh my God. Does he, like, I don't know what he was like. Was he very... Um, he also if, hated gremlins. See, if he wasn't <laughs> a tastemaker, was he a contrarian? He was. So, like... But you if have people to th- liked things before he said that people no, could like no, them, not necessarily. Did he hate them? He was also a staunch defender of movies that were that were controversial, right? Like, okay. so he, he he's he's all over the place. He's just all over the place. But clearly, he was like fell in love with Jennifer Jason Leigh, yeah, which I understand, yeah. right? But then was very upset that he had to sit through her being like debased in some way, which yeah. is like actually kind of bullshit. Yeah, so bullshit on so many different levels. Yeah. It's an odd take. Like I get where I get what he's trying to say in places, but I don't think it's There's no sense of like self-awareness in this review, is yeah, there? Yeah. I think my complaint with the sort of over sexualizing of this movie is that it doesn't go hand in hand with any kind of emotional complication. Yeah. Like, nobody yeah. actually seems to care about each other. The only person who seems to actually care about anybody is the, the guy who works at the movie Mark. theater. Exactly. Mark likes Lee. Yeah. But Stacy. Even that isn't really like Anything. It's still a juvenile thing. It's it's very much that girl over there. I like her. Yeah. Like there's nothing more to it than that. Yeah. And there's nothing more to to it than that in anybody's relationship with anybody else. And that lets it down for me. Yeah. Because then it's just about the physicality of teenagers want to have sex. Sure. And I need more than that in a storyline. So <laughs> if you get to sit through it for for that long. How do you feel about the plot of this movie and it being too fluffy? I don't mind it being fluffy. I just needed more depth to these characters like Mm. the only person that had any depth or growth is the stoner kid it's like that's pretty true (laughs) and a little bit brad because he kind of finds it he has he has a he has a storyline that goes through the movie he has an up and down but he's he's sort of like a 
He's an add-on. Yeah, he's not yeah. one of the main characters and he's not really – he kind of has a romantic storyline but then it ends and then that's just it. We don't really learn about anybody. Yeah, that's like, my point. Like we don't point. know about anybody. No. Fucking so true. So what's interesting, I think the most interesting character in this movie is two characters. Who? I think it's Stacey and Linda together – make an interesting character. Yeah, true. Because of their dynamic. Yeah. They are interesting together because they have that kind you of, I'm not experienced and I'm not experienced. My thing is- Their dynamic is interesting, but the, them as individual people are almost just blank slates. They're almost just like, they're what, everybody's very one note. Yeah. I think I would agree, except that, um, what's the friend's name? Stacey Ann? Linda. Linda. Linda doesn't have any- arc in the movie. She does. It, she does kind of she at the end. She has progression. Like, I wouldn't call it an arc. She doesn't have like, Yeah. I feel like there should be more complication to the fact that she it clearly feels, has yeah. a make-believe boyfriend and isn't actually as experienced. Like in, in a much older one as well. Yeah, it's like that's- You don't think Doug's real? No. <laughs> I thought he was make-believe for a while, but then the emotion she showed at the end when he didn't show up, I thought, oh, maybe he is real. No, she's, no, she's just she's just okay. faking it. She's but, faking. But, but I feel like that- that could have been a thing, but it, I feel like it was sort of yeah. tossed aside. Like, mm. yeah. there you go. That's what that was. I feel like, yeah, nothing really felt like it was given enough weight. Let's, let's, yeah. keep, let's keep talking so that we can actually get into the movie. So yeah. I'm going to provide some historical context for the movie. It came out in August of 1982, and the top three movies at the US box office that weekend were Friday the 13th. Hey. Hello? Where's that? Oh, hi. What are you doing out in this mess? One. Two. Three. Which had opened the same week. This right. one up against Friday the 13th. Probably why it didn't do so well. E.T. In 1975, he directed Jaws. In 1978, he directed Close Encounters of the Third Kind. In 1981, he directed Raiders of the Lost Ark. And now, Steven Spielberg brings us E.T., the Extraterrestrial. Oh. <laughs> which was in its 10th week. Was number two. It was number two. Holy shit. It's a different time. And an officer and a gentleman. I joined the Navy. You joined the Navy. <laughs> What's so funny? <laughs> you man. What for? Jets. Want to fly jets? Look at yourself. Officers don't have tattoos. What's your name, boy? Mayo. Zach Mayo, sir. Go, go, come on, baby. You got a girl, Mayo, to walk? No. I ain't looking for one either. What are you looking for? I'll tell you something about the local girls that come across the Sound on the ferry every weekend. Just one thing in mind. Unless they marry themselves. Evil aviator. I heard about these girls that are looking for a husband. Tell me. I will use every means necessary, fair and unfair. Oh! Oh! Clip you up. Six 
expose your weaknesses as a potential aviator and as a human being. Wow, which was in its third third week. Fast Times opened at seven okay. in its opening weekend. But over the next three weeks, it rose to as high as three and four. Yeah, that's okay. mad. So People it heard took, about it. Yeah, so it's a word of mouth movie. It's a movie that grew in reputation over time. It wasn't a massive yeah. hit. It was a, it was a minor hit. Universal didn't have much faith in it. They didn't advertise it. They opened it in the big cities. It did okay, and then they spread it out over the rest of the rest of the US. Fast time at Ridgemont High, even if you ask like a younger kid who's slightly into movies, like they know about that kind of movie. Yeah, yeah. so it it's a known a, movie. VHS. Yeah. Home video. Became yeah. a cult classic on VHS on VHS. So my backstory with this movie is that I knew about this movie forever. Yeah. But it wasn't available. Ah. I, at least locally, where we live, there was no VHS. You never came to the movies? There was no VHS copy. Well, 1982, I was oh, yeah. born that year. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry, man. So, yeah, his mom took him to it. It was a baby. It was his first film. <laughs> so it was a movie that is a movie that I had not seen yeah, right. because I couldn't find it. So I saw this movie for the first time when it came out on DVD for its 20th anniversary. All right. Hectic. Yeah. What age? Oh, wait. You can't tell. Was, yes. You could do you the math. Do, you could do the math. I'm not going to do the math. 20 um, years. So I, didn't, <laughs> uh-huh. so I didn't grow up with it. Yeah. Uh, I've seen it a few times. And was mostly interested because of the talent behind the camera, because yeah. of Amy Heckling and, and Cameron Crowe. It was also the first time the movie was available the way it was originally released, because on VHS, all of the music was replaced with generic no, music That's because horrible. of licensing. That's oh, horrible. That so would- all of that music was restored. For the DVD, for the DVD it's version, surprising Fuck that yeah. it got so, the cult classic. I can't believe that we did not watch this movie on VHS. I do not own this movie on VHS. Yeah, this year we're going to be watching some movies I don't own on VHS. Yeah, because of our coming child. Yes, buying tapes is expensive, so I will be putting more things into the mix that we don't own. So we Fair did enough. watch this movie the the old fashioned way. Yeah, in HD. <laughs> <laughs> and this is also a movie that was heavily recut for broadcast. Almost all of the nudity. Yeah, of course. Was taken out of it for TV. And some of the, even some of the discussions. So some of the more sexually explicit mm. discussions. How short does it end up being? Yeah. Take they replaced out? it with deleted scenes. So the broadcast yeah. version is almost a different version of the movie. There is lots of deleted scenes. Interesting. Because Universal cut the shit out of this movie down to an hour, down to an hour and a half. There were scenes where there was more discussion about things that happened in the movie. Wow. I think I want to see the TV cut. Yeah. I want to see the full cut. That DVD and its special features are where most of the my background information for this episode comes from. And also, I just know a bunch of stuff about this movie. Because Have you seen all the deleted scenes? Yeah, yeah, they're on YouTube. You can find a, a playlist on YouTube. Yeah. I might link it in the description. Uh, and this movie is very widely available to rent and buy digitally. There's a regular old Blu-ray, as well as there being a Criterion Blu-ray. So let's talk our way through Fast Times at Ridgemont, at Ridgemont High. We open at the Ridgemont Mall. Mm. see most of our cast and extras we get like a musical montage and even so the featured extras get get little kind of scenes and bit, scenes and bits and pieces um, they're all in their kind of natural habitat just before school's about to go back at the end of summer the outside of that mall is Santa Monica Place is yes? that Back to the Future Mall no no Twin damn. Pines no no no, no I no. thought it might have been <laughs> no it's not Twin Pines that is Santa Monica Place it's the same mall from Terminator 2 ah uh, damn the inside of the mall is the Sherman Oaks Galleria. Hey. Oh, my God. Which, yeah, you guys know the name of that place, right? Yeah. So it's ground zero for Valley Girls. It is also a shooting location for Commando, the Schwarzenegger movie, and Chopping Mall. The elevator that Damone 
gets into in the beginning opening sequence is the same elevator that Schwarzenegger swings onto the top of yeah. in Commando. And then we get our kind of first real scene. So at Perry's Pizza, we meet Linda, Phoebe Cates, and some of the other teens that work there. They're gossiping about this hot older guy that works at the stereo store that's just walked in. He's in uh, Stacy's area, and she's she's too young. Linda, Linda, and then at the movie theater across the mall, Mark is working as an usher. Two kids approach him and Damone to buy Van Halen tickets because Damone is a scalper. Popped collar. Yeah, he takes offense at the word scalper. <laughs> okay, sure. Damone rips the kids off. Uh, also, $12.50 for Van Halen tickets. What the fuck? <laughs> 1982. 1982. It's a different time. I know. What the fuck, man? Yeah. So like a like mid-range band, like what? Hundred bucks, yeah, yeah, hundred fifty usually. It's ridiculous. Back at Perry's, Linda encourages Stacy to go for it with the older guy, and she does. She lies about her age, and he orders a meatball sub, medium cook, and her phone number. So you working hard or hardly working? <laughs> <laughs> you look like you could still be in high school. Yeah, no, everybody says that. How old are you? Nineteen. How old are you? Twenty-six. Think we could still be friends? So, what can I get for you? How about a meatball sandwich, a medium Coke, and your phone number? <laughs> I was He's so smooth. He's yeah. wrong. He works at the stereo store. Yeah. He's so cool because he works at a stereo store. Can I just ask how, like, much of a thing was like, this sounds terrible to ask you, but like, how much of a thing was asking for people's numbers? All the time. Really? Yeah, all the time. Can, can I have your number so I can call you sometime? Yeah, absolutely. Even though it was landlines. Yeah. How weird. else are you going to contact people? It's just like- You call the house and yeah. you hope a parent doesn't answer. That's so weird. I guess I kind of remember when you're that a before when we you're had teen calling mobiles. A teen, teen calling a teen. Yeah. I used to have I used to have a little address book with everybody's phone numbers. Oh, a little everybody, black book. We had a little black book. used to book? have everybody from school's phone numbers in it, including all the uh, girls that we liked. And in the afternoon when you got home, you would call, you'd call girls. Yeah, I mean, I did that very little. Because we had, mobiles were a thing by the time yeah, we were Yeah, we could like school, MSN so. and text and yeah, shit. We didn't, yeah, we didn't have that shit. Yeah. Yeah. There was, I met these girls at a park that was. So you, what, you'd say five words to someone and go, and hey, can I have your number? Yeah. We hung out one afternoon in a park and there was these girls hanging out in the park yeah. and they were like laughing at us because we were jumping off the swing and being dickheads, right? Yeah. And then I didn't even really like really talk with them. They were just like laughing at us. Yeah. And when I left, I went, hey, can I have your phone number? And the girl yelled out her number. I either remembered it or wrote it down. And then I started like, I would call. It was two, go- it was two girls. There were sisters. Yeah. And I liked one of them and I didn't like the, yeah. didn't like the yeah. other yeah. one. Yeah. And so when I called, I would always ask for the one I liked, <laughs> even if the other one answered. Classic. And I had this like phone conversation with these girls that I hung out with like once at a park. And they had like, they had like cousins that lived near me. And so they would come and visit sometimes. And yeah. then the, I would like sometimes That's run into such in, a neighborhood thing. Yeah. Like, it's such a like, <laughs> so yeah, phone numbers were a thing. Kira's yeah. just shaking her head. Kira's just like, well, this behavior. <laughs> and he you're going to so take that to your child. So many stories. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, Mark complains at all the actions on the other side of the mall in the food court. Fair. Over at All American Burger, Brad. Candy! Dr. Scott! 
Judge Reinhold, your mm-hmm. boy, arrives to work kissing his girlfriend, Lisa. Lisa isn't in the movie very much, but she is played by horror icon Amanda Weiss, ah. who two years later would play Tina in A Nightmare on Elm Street. Ah. She's also in Better Off Dead with John Cusack. I thought she looked familiar. But- yep. She shows up in lots of different, lots of different movies here and there. Into All American Burger, taking off their shirts comes Piccoli and his two goons. Yeah, yeah I don't really boy. understand why they were taking off their shirts as they arrived. Like, why don't, why wasn't they just already not outside. wearing their shirts? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I loved it though. It was just a little thing that I feel like maybe like those three boys like, just like, oh, this one, as soon as we get in, let's all take our shirts off. It's in the script though. So, oh. <laughs> right. Um, his um, two goons are played by Eric Stoltz, the original Marty Mix fly. Wait, oh, right. that's not the redhead kid, right? Yeah, the redhead guy is Eric Stoltz. Is that Eric Stoltz? That's Eric Stoltz. Oh my God. He's also in Pulp Fiction. He's the drug dealer yeah. in Pulp Fiction. That they stabbed Thank the needle into, into Mia Wallace's chest. I had no idea that was Eric Stoltz. Yeah, I've Eric. seen that guy around so much. He also appears in Camera Crow's Say Anything. Yeah. He's, yeah, he plays Verlaine, an older guy in, in that movie. Oh my God. Um, the other guy is Goose from Top Gun. It's Anthony Edwards. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. I did Goose. not even notice. Oh, he would also be, and go on to be in ER for a really long time. Not an ER boy. I watched ER when, when it was airing in the 90s. Yeah, right. Yeah. Brad insists that they put their shirts back on and points to the sign, no shirt. How's, how's, no shoes, no dice. Learn it. Know it. Live it. <laughs> I love how Brad's like cool, but he's a super dork. Yeah. And also imagine just sitting there smoking. Like he's just sitting there. Oh, everybody is smoking. It's so they're in wild. a restaurant yeah. and they're smoking. Everybody in this movie smokes. It's crazy. And they are all teenagers. There like is one a scene kid, later. There's one kid who has one in his mouth in the classroom, just not lit. So there's, the teacher grabs it, snaps it. Yes, 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 yes. That's what I was about to mention. So that's Mr. Hand, who we'll meet later. He's not checking. He's not like upset that the kid has a cigarette. I know. He's checking to see if it's weed. It's yeah. wild. That's that all he cares about. Wild. And then like, ah, oh, how do you fucking, how do you fucking live with that much smoke around you? Hey, I grew, that's what I grew up with as well. That's hectic. I people smoking in a movie theater. Wow. Afterwards, Linda and Stacey talk about the hot older dude, Ron. Linda encourages her to call him. What is she waiting for? She's 15 years old. Oh my God. Lisa did it when she was 13. It's and the guys, well, let's just put out there that the guy's 26. The guy's 26, yeah. yeah. She's 15. Yeah. yeah. I don't believe that she did it when she was 13. Yeah. I think that that is an example well, we, of I thought Linda That's why I thought she was lying at first. Linda has a fiancé in Chicago named Doug. Yeah, I got con- because at that point we hadn't seen them at school. I was like, oh, so she must be like older. Older. Like, she actually is older. But yeah, I assumed that she was like out of school. How work, old working, are they both at this point? Jennifer Jason Lee is 19. Oh, in real life. Yeah, she tells Ron she's 19. She actually is 19 yeah, in, real okay. li- in real life. Okay. Yeah. But Good. in the movie, they're- she's 15. And yeah. It, but is Linda meant to be older? Linda is meant to be like a year old, like right. a year or so 16. older. Yeah. Yeah. So at Ridgemont High, school's back in session. We get a montage as Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers play American Girl. And yes, that is Nicholas Coppola yep. sticking a slur to the back of another student. Yep. A uh, very homophobic slur. Yep. But um, that is Nicholas Coppola. He is not used in this movie at all because he is just starting out. And he's Nicholas. Me. And he's Nicholas Coppola. Forgive me because I don't know this. 
Is Nicolas Cage a Coppola? Yes. Oh my God. He is a cousins. Oh my God. Francis Ford Coppola is his uncle. And that's how he got started in film. No. Ah. That's why he changed his name to Nicolas Cage. Oh, that's dope. I love, I respect when he people wanted do that. to, he wanted to become an actor in his own right. Oh, he's wow. credited as Nicholas Coppola in a couple of his very early roles. And then he including changed, this one? including this one. And then he changed his name to wow. Nicholas Cage, named after the Marvel Comics character, Luke Cage. Shut up. He's a massive fan of. I had no idea about this. Yes. He auditioned to play Brad. Ah. And lied about his age. He said he was older than he How was. Old he was only he? 17 when he made this movie. He's so tiny. He's so tiny in so this. So he ended up being cast as one of Brad's friends. His role was slightly bigger. He had some lines originally in uh, the excising of material. Because they do kind of like focus on him for a few bits and it feels like he, he should have He also disappears at a certain point yeah. and then comes back at, the en- back at the end. Through the montage, we kind of see the kids coming into school. Rat's locker is full of gum. I do like that guy. We, we an missed an um, amount of gum. Uh, the entrance of Forrest Whitaker. No, I haven't got to that yet. Oh, sorry. Stacey can't find her class. Brad rolls up checking out girls in his cruising vessel because he's big man on campus. He's a senior this year. Yeah. Uh, he's only got six more payments left on his car. I know. It's such a weird thing to high five about. <laughs> six more payments, gentlemen. That car you. probably costs like $200. Yeah. Because it's 1982. Damone is selling tickets to kids in the car park as Charles Jefferson Football star rolls in in his Tram Zam. Damone claims to be real tight with Jefferson. Jefferson is played by Forrest Whitaker in his second film. Yeah, and he he a young boy, but he is also massive. He's, yeah, so this is right <laughs> before he started to take, take off. Uh, his very memorable appearance in Color of Money, okay. the Scorsese movie, which rules and is on the list, and then Platoon. Right? He was a pretty good-looking young man. Yeah. yeah. They are, in fact, not tight. Demona's full of shit. No, they are not. <laughs> Don't touch my fucking car, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what he says, but I'll cut it in. Hey, Charles, how you doing, buddy? Car looks great. I mean, really terrific. You're really keeping it up wonderfully. Don't fuck with it. Brad. Janet! Oh, Janet! Ah! Rock! Chats with Arnold. Arnold's is one of the kind of featured extras. He has some lines, but he's kind of all the way through the movie. He wants to jump ship to All American Burger, and Brad can do that for him because he's a Brad's got connections. His face Brad's looks familiar. Is he anyone? No, I don't think so. Okay. The bell rings, and Spicoli and his goons roll out of a combi band <laughs> in a cloud of smoke. Which at this point is a cliche, a cliche, but back then that's probably the first time we yeah, ever saw that. Hundred percent. Like I totally see them sitting in a combi van just ripping bongs. <laughs> <laughs> could be could be real smart coming out of that. Yeah. <laughs> In US history, we meet Mr. Hand. I like this teacher. He's funny. He's good time. I love the name Mr. Hand. I also yeah. like the name Mr. Hand. Yeah. yeah. He, is, he locks the classroom door. Yeah. He like turns no one's the lock. sneaking into this shit. As he lays out his rules, there are quizzes every Friday. Your grade is a combination of your quizzes and your classwork, blah, 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 blah. It'll become important, but not really because there's no- Typical hard-ass teacher. Yeah. No eating, no wasting his time. Spicoli's at the door. <laughs> Mr. Han <laughs> lets so him fucking in. fucking red-eyed. Mr. Han uh, lets him in and then is like, oh, come on in. It's oh, what, what happened, blah, blah. And then turns on him, rips yeah. up his schedule and throws it on the floor and sends him to the office. May I come in? Oh, please. I get so lonely when I hear that third attendance bell ring and all my kids are not here. Sorry I'm late. It's just like this new schedule is totally confusing. Yeah, I know that, dude. Mr. Spicoli. That's the name they gave me. 
Yeah, you're ripping my car. Yeah. Hey, bud, what's your problem? No problem at all. I think you know where the front office is. You dick! And he's just like, he's just like a deer in headlights. He's like a little Bambi boy. He's like, oh, thanks, man. Like, he's just so nice and sweet. And then hard-ass teacher comes there and rips his bloody schedule out. And he looks like he's going to cry. He fully looks like he's going to cry. I thought he was kicking him out of the class for good in that moment because of the ripping up of the card. I thought he was saying, no, you can't be in this class. Mm -hmm. Go back to the office and get put in a different class. Mm. So it wasn't until he then turns up in his class again later. That it does like, oh, feel like I guess that. that's not what, he's, what he did. I guess he was just being mean. It does feel <laughs> like he's like, yeah, you're not welcome back here at all. Yeah. yeah. Mr. Hands played by veteran actor Ray Walston. He'd acted from like the late 50s and he was one of the very first students of the actor's studio which is a big deal. He's also the Martian in My Favourite Martian, which was a Uh, very popular early television show. Always makes me laugh because I don't know why, but I know that show and I've seen. Yeah. So I always remember him as from that. Anyway, he's got like little antenna on his head. Did they remake that show or was it like replaying? There is definitely, I think there's a movie called My Favourite Martian, which is a remake. And I think it's Christopher Lloyd as Uh, the Martian. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I definitely remember my favorite Martian. I just set myself up for old business. (laughs) He hands out the schedule of quizzes for the year. And did you notice what they all do with them? They'll smell them. Yeah, why Why was that? The printer ink or something? So, this is before photocopiers. Copies were made using a ditto machine or a mimeograph. Yeah. It's basically a big rolling drum. You put one copy in and then it lifts the ink and then creates copies. Gives you a head spin. It involved a chemical solution that included methyl. So they all smell good. Yep. So kids would always smell them. That's so weird. It's such a... A textual memory. And so specific to that moment. Yeah. Yeah. I really appreciate that. If you are a teen watching this movie now, trying to like watch classic teen movies, you would have no fucking idea what's No frame of reference. No frame of reference whatsoever. I mean, besides like, like, I don't know, markers or something like that. Or like... Yeah. I remember liking fresh out of the photocopier paper because it's like warm and nice. It's warm and toasty. It's warm and toasty like (laughs) fresh bread. Yeah. But... Not in a way where the whole class would sniff it. <laughs> no. And I don't know how much paper even gets hand out, handed out in class anymore. Kids have yeah, fucking laptops and yeah. iPads and shit, don't they? Yeah. yeah. No, no, it's all bullshit. Airdrop me the test, teacher. Oh, my God. The future is now. In the cafeteria, we get Roger Ebert's least favorite scene. Really? First off, Linda heard that the surfer guy pulled a knife up Mr. Hand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> People exaggerate. School really bloody like whispers. Just, yeah, I love totally. that. Like, no, she just, he called him a dick. And we find out that the look of 1982 is to dress like Pat Benatar. And there are three girls at the school who are pulling off that look. Pat Benatar is? Musician. Love is a They're like, know Pat Benatar? No, I know the name. Don't mm-hmm. really know. Yeah, you don't know things. <laughs> Stacy admits to Linda that she's never even given a blowjob. So Lisa shows her how with a carrot to the delight of a table of boys nearby. Ebert's a fucking prude, man. Yeah, I know. Like, he obviously like, didn't It is have- a strange thing to do in a cafeteria, I feel like. Like, there's no way they don't think about the fact that everybody's going to notice what they're doing. But yeah, you also but it's part get of the comfortable, of the like, yeah. in your own space as well. It's probably, like, the table they sit at all the time. Like, Yeah, but it's high school cafeteria in America. Every movie that I've ever seen tells me that other people are going to notice if you do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the weird shit we used to do when we used to eat lunch, but that was yeah, in the playground. Yeah. Mm. Stupid shit. This movie, this scene and this movie... 
it made me watching this made me realize that this is basically American Degrassi before Degrassi. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. I can see that. And I watched a lot of Degrassi High, the original, when I, yeah. when I was a kid. And the Degrassi movie, there's the scene by the pool where one girl shows, the experienced girl shows the inexperienced girl how to put a condom on a banana. Place it on the tip. Squeeze so you get all the air out. Right. And roll it down. Make sure it's... Ooh, it's like There you go. Fit. Hello, Joey. He's very happy. <laughs> it's the same scene. It's just the, it's, it's kind of it interesting. It is kind of similar. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. yeah. No, no, it, there's no it's, like end to that, st- that story. It just reminded me of that thing. But to think of that and like think of this scene and go, this is crass or unnecessary. Actually, it's definitely- Thinking about it. gets the vibe, okay, right? So thinking about it, that is also a movie where a girl has sex with a guy that is like the smooth guy and then has an abortion. And holy shit, that is the better version of this movie. <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> Degrassi schools out is the better version of this movie. That's that's a call, man. Yeah, okay, that's a revelation. Except with my terrible brain acting. Has been, my brain has been, no, that's good, good. That movie's got good acting. Oh my God, the acting in Degrassi is never good. They're child actors. Yeah. The, the, as they go on, they get much They get much better. Okay. And by the time they make schools out, it's the movie. Mm, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't, schools, uh, Degrassi I schools out is- We like it, Degrassi. Is on the list. Uh, Karen and I have- Have you watched the modern Degrassi? No, I would never. I would never. Oof, well, it's, it's so not even modern Degrassi anymore. Next generation is like 20. Next, the I'm next not talking about like that one. 20 years I like old. I saw clips of and the- And then like, there's a new, brand new yeah. one. It just keeps going. I've seen the, the clips of the done. current one. And no, it's like no, no. I'm down with my, my generation. Yeah. Degrassi. Canada. Degrassi. I love Degrassi. <laughs> in biology, some kids, including one of the Pat Benatar lookabouts, chat and we set up Chekhov's morgue visit for the end of the year. Uh, we find out that Mr. Vargas likes to pull organs out of dead people. Mark makes eyes at Stacy and we meet Mr. Vargas. He asks them to be kind to him as he's just switched from coffee to Senka. Mr. Vargas is the fucking man. Yeah. I won't hear bad words said about him. Senka being a brand of uh, instant decaffeinated coffee. And I love this clock. Why so nervous? Sorry. The doctor says caffeine makes me tense. Well, don't you drink Sanka brandy caffeinated coffee? Oh, I bought that for my husband. I only drink real coffee. Sanka brand is real coffee and taste it. Try it. Hmm, it is real. Real good. Diane, what's new in antiques? <laughs> Everyone says I'm new since I switched to Sanka brand. <laughs> Sanka brand. Enjoy your coffee and enjoy yourself. Uh, I assumed that must have been what that was. It was either that or tea. Yeah. I had to look it up. I didn't know. I knew the Sanka, I before. knew the name Sanka. I thought it was probably some type of like fruit drink. I honestly just thought it was a brand of coffee. Pays off at the end of the movie. Yep. Vargas is played by Vincent uh, Schiavelli. He pops up in a bunch of movies. Yeah. He's always fun. He's, he's in a one, weird cat, though. He's a weird dude. He's in One Floor Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah. He's one of the inmates in One Floor Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Nice. Uh, which I think might be one of his first roles. He plays almost the same role as he plays in this movie, <laughs> but the more comedy version in Better Off Dead. Yeah. He's the guy that when John Cusack breaks up with his girlfriend, or his girlfriend breaks up with him, he asks John Cusack if it's okay if, if he dates. <laughs> his oh, yeah. He's that teacher. Right. That they're all in love with. Remember with the equations and yeah. The, yeah, it's nuts. He's in Batman Returns. He's one of the uh, circus gang in Batman Returns. Mad. He's in Three Ninjas Knuckle. 
No. And I've never seen three in it. Oh, well, I don't Which remember. one is that? I don't remember. Tell me. This is our bit. I don't, I saw, <laughs> I was a child. I don't remember those fucking movies. He's in Tomorrow movies. Never Dies where he plays a torturer. So he's in a Bond uh-huh. movie and on and on. He has passed away. Here's Ennios of the Calderash people. Calderash people? The what? cursed angel in Buffy. Um, oh. So you just forget that he destroyed the most beloved daughter of your tribe? That he killed every man, woman, and child that touched her life? Vengeance demands that his pain be eternal as ours is. If this, this girl gives him one minute of happiness, it is one minute too much. I'm sorry, I thought... You thought what? You thought you are Jenny Calendar now? You are still Yana of the Calderash people. That's where I recognized him from. Ah, for the kids. Uh. <laughs> Mark tells Damone that he's in love. Damone's excited that his mustache is coming in. Yeah. It isn't. It is <laughs> he calls Mark a wuss and then has to explain it. It's part wimp, part pussy. Yeah. I actually didn't know that that's where that came from. I don't think it does. Okay. Damone tries to school Mark about getting her number. For all intensive purposes, he's coaching what? He's co- uh, Okay, we'll talk about that. For all intents and purposes. <laughs> Thank you, Scott. <laughs> Damone has a bar in his room. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty baller. Yeah. I kind of like dig his vibe. Side, side co- oh my God, really? He's so fucking slimy. Never dude. for me. No, no, no. Not him personally, but like the aesthetic of his room, how it's just like, it looks like if I had a bunch of money and did LSD. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. And what we find out is that the truth is, is that Damone hits on everybody so that, so that he can score. He doesn't really though. Well, that's... That's what he says. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. he hits on a hits on like a million chicks and then he doesn't care if they come, stay, lay or pray, whatever they choose, his toes are still tapping. He's such a dirtbag and I wish I could hurt like hate him more. You know what I mean? Oh, but what he, is wrong with you? I fucking despise Damone. In movie, he just like they don't make him that bad. Yes, his actions his actions, don't get me wrong. Like they don't I, make I guess, him that bad. I guess I don't know how to describe it. They well, they his actions are terrible. But like in story, like they even like at the end forgive him and it's like, oh, we're still best friends. We'll talk about what happens at the end. I have serious issues with what happens. Yeah. It's just like they don't make him as bad as he should be. Okay. And like he doesn't get hate like really. Like I I don't know what to say. I'm going to move on. We'll talk about it tomorrow as we go go on. So Stacey sneaks out of her bedroom window to go meet Ron on a date. The graffiti behind her is interesting. Wasted you. Yeah. It's a little little heavy handed. A little heavy handed. Does her mother tuck her into bed at 15? Yeah. Because it seems as though. Did your mother not in. tuck you into bed at 15? Not at 15, My mother no. still tucks me into bed. Yeah, she comes, <laughs> she over. comes over. Yeah. Gives me a kiss on my forehead. Yeah. We get the first playing of Somebody's Baby by Jackson Brown, which becomes like Stacey's theme song. Which yeah. Is- I fucking hate that song. So Really? Yeah, it's just awful. Okay. It's going to be somebody's baby tonight. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just not a fan. It's just so famously used in this kind of like rapey scene. That's what I mean, yeah. Yeah. So he takes her to the point. The point's just a fucking baseball field. Yeah, yeah how is this I the point? When he said well, the they point- live in the valley, man. Go back to the valley, man. 
Uh, yeah. They're not near water. Uh, I just assumed that the point was going to be like a place where you park. Yeah. Like, because that's you what. You park in cars, yeah. 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 Like, the point sounds like and it's also a, like, you know, it, the top it, of a cliff. If this or, is the point and like everyone goes to the point, why is there a li- Is there a line like yeah. waiting to get into the dugout? Like, what's going on? Yeah. So he confirms her age, which, like, got to commend him on that at least. And then they have really awkward sex in a dugout. Okay. So this is really heavy and it's really casual in movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, it, what it does do is is what heckling does is which I think is interesting is she keeps cutting to Stacy's point of view. I love that. To show you that what she's looking at, like she's trying it to says things like surf Nazis. Yeah. yeah it feels it's, so grimy. She's and trying to take in she's like, oh my God, it's finally happening and she's trying to take in all the details. Yeah. But all the details are really grimy and yeah. gro- and gross. And in that sense, that's like that's really great. That's it's, really great. It's pretty like, raw, and re- raw and real. Yeah, and that, but that's what I mean. Like it's so hand waved off. Like leading up to the sex scene, the graffiti in that dugout feels grimy, and you don't want to happen. What's going to happen? You know what I mean? You're like bench of a baseball dugout. Yeah, and you're just like, please don't do this. Like, please don't do this. I know your age. Please don't do this. And then it happens, and it's not great for her, but she also doesn't have like shock. I don't know. This yeah. goes to, again, what I'm saying where it just doesn't treat it in a way that makes it feel so, as bad as it should okay. be. So her arc, which we will talk about when we get to when the end of her arc. Yeah. Is that she just wants to get it over with because. Right. And I get that. I get that some people, it's not a special thing. It wasn't for me. Like it's just not, it doesn't have to always be this built no, up thing. But also like, I, as I said, I think, this is based on a, on Cameron Crowe's things that he yeah. heard. So this is probably fairly true. Yeah, interesting. You know I mean? the, the scene felt, felt to me like it didn't have enough context, like in terms of she's had half a conversation. Uh, as far as we see, yeah. she has half yeah. a conversation with him. She serves him. He calls. They go out on 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 a on a date, but we only see them go to this dugout and have, have sex. sex. They have I've got a, one I've, line in I've the car. I've got to assume that something else happened between getting in the car so. and going there. I don't remember in the deleted scenes if there is like more conversation or not, but I would imagine that there's probably more conversa- conversation that happened that was yeah. cut, cut out to get to the. Yeah, that's what I assume too, because I think that that would probably make it feel a little less awkward Sudden. to the audience yeah. if. You got to see him be I remember, suave. But it adds to the griminess you, of him, like yeah. just picking her up and taking there and barely saying anything to her. Yeah, but then she doesn't have like a negative her, – her reaction exactly. isn't, oh, this was a terrible idea, which which is why I She's feel like – She's like, it wasn't great. Which is why I feel like there must yeah. have been more to that that we didn't get to see. What? Right. So at school what we get is Stacey telling Linda that she likes Ron and she's glad she did it, but, but Jesus it hurt. Yeah. And Linda tells her to keep doing it because it'll, cause it'll get, ba- get better. Can I just yeah, think she likes him i feel yeah. like we need i would have in i would have liked to have seen like half a conversation where ron shows his cool guy side yeah. so far all we've had is it's the, just the, i th- honestly think that he's just a, he's just for her it's he is image. just taking he is taking advantage of 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 her but she is also like this is he's just a body for her yeah yeah she's but she's, just she's a, upset when he doesn't call her back and stuff a little yeah. bit yeah yeah um can i just ask like with showing that like this scene that much nudity yeah but also the scenario Mm. in the back in the day like that's what almost got this movie in in x rating right 
Okay, because I, I was feeling like, so it is an R movie. It is an R movie. That's what I keep forgetting. For, yeah, for, okay. yeah. In Australia, it's interesting because it was a it was an R18 movie. Yeah, in, for in, sure. At least in Australia. And then it was reclassified when it came out on DVD as, an, as M. See, that makes sense to my modern sensibilities. But also if I was a kid and like, I mean, I wasn't a very easily... Damaged I don't know. Kid, I remember. I, I, feel like I remember watching in two thousand. I remember watching in two thousand two and being shocked by the amount of nudity. Yeah, yeah, so, that makes sense. Yeah. Brad watches his cruising vessel as Stacy comes home. Uh, they're brother and sister. It is like twenty minutes into this movie before we find out that yeah. they're actually brother and sister. Yeah. brother and sister. Mom says to clean the pool. Why can't you do it? Your friends use the pool. Your friends messed it up. Your friends use the pool too. I take out the garbage. And inside, Stacey's gotten flowers from Ron. So he sent flowers. She asked Brad to get rid of them so that her parents don't see them. And he agrees to do it because he's a good older brother. He is a good older brother. At All American Burger, Brad is talking to Arnold as he orientates him. And he chats about the fact that he's thinking about breaking up with Lisa. She's grown in bed, but he's a senior now. He needs his freedom. Yeah. <laughs> Does that commiserate with anyone in this room having those feelings? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boys are um, so dumb. Boys are so dumb. <laughs> boys are so dumb. I have broken up with girls because- For the shittest for the reasons. Sh- for the reason that- oh, I'm they, not seeing the boys enough. The, they could be- No, no, no. They literally- It could be like- well, what if I was single, I could meet other people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like we're going to all these parties and there's just like chicks everywhere. What the fuck? <laughs> so dumb. I know. It's so dumb. So dumb. Kira, once again. Shaking shakes her head. head. My I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so glad that we are not the same age. I know, right? <laughs> there is this no world in the which we of- end up together if we are the same <laughs> age. The amount of growth that it took for me as a human being for this to work. Yeah. Oh. I, I second that. Yeah. yeah not like you, a, me. No, no yeah. like me. Yeah. Like this, Karen and I would never have worked. It, it <laughs> yeah. No. Weird. Boys and even, girls mature even in, our 20, even in our 20s. <laughs> yeah. No, um, not even a little bit. No. He takes an order from Lisa and he asks her to go to the, to the point with him tonight. She wants to know what there is to do at the point. <laughs> she doesn't want to have to use sex as a weapon. As um, a tool, they she say? Oh, yeah, yeah. And I don't get that coming from her. Like, why, what is it? Like restricting it in order for, in, restricting it from him in order to, or uh, using it, yeah. whatever, right? All right. Anyway, but it's clear they have not slept together. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Hand gives out a bunch of Fs. What are you people on dope? <laughs> Some of them, yes. He's on a rant and then he notices that Spicoli's not in his seat. He sends a kid that knocks on him. <laughs> kid just knock, totally knocks out Spicoli. Snitches get stitches. Yeah, I know, right? The kid tells Spicoli there was a birthday party for him. Yeah, Spicoli believes that. it. Wait a minute, there's no birthday party for me here. I knew there was no birthday party in here for me, man. Yeah, and then we get <laughs> we get Hand versus Spicoli too and Hand kind of dresses him down again. Sean Penn is the man though. In this scene, he's just like such a sweet guy. I fucking hate Sean Penn in this movie. Really? Yeah, I hate Spicoli. Really? I don't like the performance. I don't like him. I, I don't, don't know think if it's, it's here or later. I went to school with too many Spicolis. Oh, so did I, I, but they're good guys. No. They have a good heart. No. They don't they mean well. No. <laughs> Legitimately line, do not like the him line or think he's either funny. here or later where he's I like, like Mr. It's Hand. our time. That was nice. Because okay. he means well. He's just a fucking idiot. Just a stoner, which I can commiserate with that. Mm-hmm. Well, it could be colored by the fact that I fucking hate Sean Penn. Yeah, okay. I, I, I hear he's not a great dude now. Well, pain in the ass. Right. He got yeah. El Chapo captured. Yeah. <laughs> it's Christmas at the mall. The kid pisses on Santa. I missed that. When did that happen? It's during the mod. There's a Christmas montage. Oh, I must have been making a note. Is this a Christmas movie? 
No. It's, Fuck you, Brody. It's literally said over the course of a school year. Yeah, I know. Stacey wants to quit Perry's. She's going to get fat doing this job. Ron hasn't called since November. Linda tells not to worry about it. It's not like she was going to marry him. But it does imply that he called again. He hasn't called since, Nove- since November. Yeah. yeah. So it feels like it's gone stale. Like, and there was something. There was something, yeah. I think yeah, it's I feel, I feel like I just, like I, I, I think I just want to see the in-between scenes that were yeah. cut because they wanted to get to the next. My, mm. my assumption with them is that it lasted for a bit because she's so confident afterwards, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Damone and Mark are hanging out. Damone's scalping again. Kid asks him, yep. Does it feel like these two characters... Like before I knew who wrote and directed this film, I was like, I feel like the writer and director are two old Jewish guys and they've put themselves in the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting choice. Damone's scalping. Yeah, kid asked him if he has any blue oyster cult tickets. He doesn't. He got stuck holding a bunch of them last time. Where were you last time? He almost had to get a job at 7-Eleven. Check off 7-Eleven. Yeah. I love that he is always selling to actual children. Yeah. (laughs) Like younger than him. He only scalps to actual children. What do you mean? Like he never sells tickets to an adult. Yeah, no. But why would he they? He takes advantage of children. Yeah, of course. Because he's bad at this. <laughs> <laughs> he's very bad at this as we find out. He gives tickets away for free. Yeah, well, Jefferson wants uh, comes over. He wants Earth, Wind and Fire tickets for him and his brother. And we see that very briefly that Jefferson's younger brother is friends with Spicoli, which yeah. again, that's a setup for later. They're going to go play arcade games together. Damone tells Mark to go over and talk to Stacy. Stop fucking around and go get her, which... He does mm-hmm. after a little bit up speech and lose the jacket. Yeah. She knows him from biology. He asks she's her, so sweet. She's so cute. She asks, it, it, he's so awkward. He asks her about the lost and found. What happens to the jackets? What can I do for you? Yeah, I had a couple of questions. I was curious. What do you do with the jackets that people leave here? We keep them. You keep them? In case you come back. You can look through it if you want. No, that's cool. I've, it would take too long to look through all that stuff. I'll just, I'll pick up a new one. What was your other question? Oh, uh, my other question is, can I have your phone number so I can ask you out sometime? Do you have a pen? This one's out of ink. Stacy. Nice to meet you, Stacy. My name is Mark Ratner. I've got to go. She thinks he's kind of cute and charming. She's kind of, she's kind of into him. Big hairy pussy. Yep, that's some graffiti on a mirror, which is, I, when I first saw it, I was like, come on, that's a bit much. And I was like, no, that's kind of accurate. Yeah, Brad, <laughs> Brad is cleaning graffiti off of a bathroom mirror at All American Burger as he rehearses breaking up with Lisa. And yes, on the mirror, it says big hairy pussy. Yes, it does. Just, just like, okay, well, you know. Yeah, I've definitely walked into some bigger letters saying some worse things oh, yeah, mirrors totally. in bathrooms. Yeah, yeah. Arnold comes in busting and asks Brad to cover for him up front. Fucking Arnold. An older customer challenges their best breakfast guaranteed claim and wants his money back. They do not say, I looked at that sign. They do not say it's best a, breakfast guaranteed. They just say breakfast guaranteed. 100% guaranteed. Yeah, so it was a breakfast. This gave me flashbacks to working in the video store so bad. <laughs> Customers arguing about the deals and what they're entitled to and what price they got things at. And fuck, man. And Blockbuster had some like such convoluted, like deals and so many deals. Yeah. And nobody ever read Get the fucking, five of this one and a bag of chips. Nobody or ever read the fucking fine print yeah. for the exclusion. So then you have to explain to everybody and they're holding up the line and 
fuck this shit. Fuck working in retail. Yeah. I'm fucking traumatized. So glad I kind of missed that by working in a bar. He, the guy has to fill out a form. So Brad starts <laughs> looking for the form. Uh, no, he just wants him to open the register and give him his $2.75 back. <laughs> yep. For that was breakfast. a lot of money in that time. I mean, if a concert ticket costs $12, exactly. that's actually a pretty expensive breakfast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brad ends up threatening to kick his ass. The manager comes out and Brad gets fired. Yeah, which like... He lost his cool. He shouldn't get fired, but still. I hope you had a hell of a piss, Arnold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Spicoli has a dream about being a championship surfer and uses a slur. Pretty this scene dream. was shot and edited into the movie in post-production because Amy Heckling loved Sean Penn yeah. and wanted to put more of him in the movie. This does feel like uh, almost Family Guy-esque bit that they cut away to. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It's a little It's, it's a very little different tone. Yeah, it's just shot in front of like rear projection and at a pep rally. No one is peppy at this pep rally. Yeah, this school sucks. <laughs> they hate each other. <laughs> the girl on the left, the cheerleader on the left, is Pamela Springsteen. Oh, ah. Bruce Springsteen's sister. Oh, who tried to be an actor in the eighties? Wow, she only okay. had a few minor roles in the crowd. Brad is pissed at the lack of support from his friends at All American Poker. Lisa breaks up with him. Three important rules for breaking up. Don't put off breaking up when you know you want to. Prolonging the situation only makes it worse. Tell them honestly, simply, kindly, but firmly. Don't make a big production. Don't make up a elaborate story. This will help you avoid a big tear-jerking scene. If you want to date other people, say so. Be prepared for the boy to feel hurt and rejected. Even if you've gone together for only a short time and haven't been too serious, there's still a feeling of rejection when someone says she prefers the company of others to your exclusive company. But if you're honest and direct and avoid making a flowery emotional speech when you break the news, the boy will respect you for your frankness, and honestly, he'll appreciate the kind of straightforward manner in which you told him your decision. Unless he's a real jerk or a crybaby, we'll be friends. Yeah, it's senior year. He gets that. He he, although is a good guy, he had that coming to him. And well, it's senior year, and she wants her freedom. <laughs> Echoing his line. Yeah, I mean, he is like the perfect karma rod. You know, like anytime he steps out of balance good, he gets a tiny little bad thing. Anytime he does something bad, he gets a tiny little bad thing, you know? Yeah. And then here we go. Fucking, hey, fuck me. Okay. Damone lays out his five point plan to score for Mark on his date. First of all, Rat, you never let them know how much you like a girl. It's negging. His five point plan is just negging. Yeah. Fuck Damone. Yeah, fuck Damone. He also, with the song that he suggests, is the wrong song playing in the next scene. <laughs> we'll get to it. So, uh, two, you always call the shots. Kiss me, you won't regret it. Ugh, oh, no. the worst. Three, act like wherever you are, that's the place to be. Isn't this great? <laughs> Four, what the, what the fuck does that do? I don't know, eternal optimist. Okay. Four, when ordering food, you find out what she wants and then you order for the both of them. It's a classy move. Now, the lady will have the linguine and with white clam sauce and a Coke with no ice. And five, now this is important. Mm. When it comes to making out, whenever possible, put on side one of Led Zeppelin four. Oh. Hey, hey, mama said the way you move gonna make you sweat, gonna make you groove. Cut to Stacy and Mark in his car as Kashmir plays. Kashmir is not on Led Zeppelin 4.
Yeah. It's also not a date song. No. They, yeah. they couldn't get the track that they wanted. Led Zeppelin wouldn't give them the track that they uh. wanted. So they had to, but they let them have Cashmere instead. Yeah. So it plays like a joke. For people that know, it plays like Marcus put on the wrong Led Zeppelin. Yeah. But Would it not have been a joke? Was it not meant to be a joke? There was also a scene that was cut out. We also saw Stacy and Linda preparing for this date ah. where Linda warned Stacy about the Led Zeppelin. <laughs> uh, that's pretty good. They go to some type of German restaurant. Yeah. yeah. I like how small they look in the chairs. They look like children <laughs> pretending to be adults. They yeah. really do. It's such a good choice where yeah. the whole restaurant has these chairs, but like every shot of them is like from like above their nipples. Like the, the, the table, table is above is their like nipples really and tall. they're sunk into these big leather chairs. I love it. Yeah. Mark realizes that he has forgotten his wallet. Yeah. Which that's is like, just a nightmare scenario. I would fucking die. Oh, yeah. thank God. Like with phones and that, that couldn't happen to me. He orders for both of them. And he ends up just having what she's having because he cannot possibly think about yeah. what's happening. And so he has to leave to call Damone to go get it for him, who reluctantly agrees. He's busy watching Leave It to Beaver. Yeah, fuck Damone. He, if that was me, and I, I, a friend called me and was like, I'm on a date. I've forgotten my wallet. You need to go to my house and get it. I don't care if you have to, like, break in. Give me this fucking wallet or bring your wallet here for me. Yeah, come pay for it. I would, I would yeah. come do that. Well, he does. He's just he just takes his time. He obviously yeah, he takes, thinks about not doing it. Yeah, he obviously takes his time. So Mark just keeps on ordering things. <laughs> smart plan, Coke. though. Very smart plan. costing him money every yeah. second he's sitting there. Not it, costing him dignity. That's right. And then Damone does get there. He drops Mark his wallet and Mark introduces him to Stacy, which is not ideal. He also is a fucking asshole there as well. Brings his wallet and like eats some of his food and takes a drink and then he's like, yeah, catch it, losers. Yeah. Mark goes to drop Stacey off at the front of the house. Someone has broken into his car and stolen his car stereo while they were eating. I love that. It's his sister's car. Remember when tape decks were a thing? And like people would and steal people would car steal. stereo. Yeah, you had to take, you would take the, um, the, the part that comes off at the front yeah. off and put it in your glove <laughs> yeah, box so that people right. wouldn't steal you. Yeah. Oh, I forgot the front of like, well, CD players for CD us at the players, time, yeah. but like you'd pop the front you'd off. Pop the front off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so good. As if you can't just get into the front. Yeah, fucking oath. No, it's to discourage people from wanting to steal it because oh, they, they don't get the whole thing. They must not have a CD player. There's no front or to or the CD player. Or you don't know if it's a good one because yeah. you can't tell from... <laughs> Simpler times. Now, my story begins in 19 tickety two. We had to say tickety, cause the Kaiser had stolen our weird 20. I chased that rascal to get it back, but gave up after tickety six miles. <laughs> dickety, highly dubious. She invites him in and offers him a drink. Her parents are away and Brad is out. She's going to go get changed. So he, she asks him to unzip her dress, which he does. He is very, very nervous. She invites him into her room. And uh, she, as we have said by this stage, is very, very confident. Yeah. He's not getting her signals. They look at a photo album. She finally makes a move and they make out a, a little they make out a little bit, but he bails, scared out of his mind. Uh he'll call her. I like how Is he scared or is he trying to be a good guy? I think he's scared. I think I he's think freaked he's, out. I think he's right, yeah. okay. Overwhelmed. Because yeah. I was like, oh, good I mean, guy. He's respecting her. I mean, she like makes a move, makes a move. And then but like and he, so he, he's like what I was saying is like, I think he's being a good guy because he wants something more than just sex. May, yeah, probably. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, there's but a little bit of that, but I think it's mostly him being overwhelmed. overwhelmed. I mean, he, he does was, look he was, terrified. He was overwhelmed by trying to order for two people yeah. at the same time. Like, yeah, yeah, true. Exactly. I really like how when he, 
he leaves the house, he's outside in the fresh air and immediately regrets his decision. Oh, fuck it. Like oh, that I've moment, been that, there. Yeah, that moment where you leave and go, there. fuck, what did I just do? I 100% would have been turning around and knocking on that door going, I made the wrong decision. Well, he turns around in the lights and the and the, her bedroom light goes out. And so ah, he's that's like, true. He's like, <laughs> Lisa and Stacy discuss that. At the aftermath, Stacy thinks that Mark doesn't like her. Mark Ratner doesn't like me. Mark Ratner doesn't like you. You're crazy. No, he shows absolutely no interest in me. Well, Stace, Mark Ratner is definitely somebody that you would have to make the first move with. Linda, I did. I made the first move. I made the second move. I made a complete jerk out of myself is what I did. Stace, what do you care about Mark Ratner for? I mean, he's a 16-year-old usher in the movie theater. Did she think that he didn't like her? Yeah, that's what, that's she, what says. she says. That's why she moves she says, on. She says, Mark Ratner's not into me. Oh. Mark Ratner doesn't like me. And then Linda's, Linda's thing is, well, you're going to have to make the first move. And she's like, I did. I made the I first and the second and the third, and the third move. And the yeah. third move. He doesn't like me. Yeah. He, he asked did. her out. Yeah, of course he likes her too. This is one thing as a guy I've never understood. Like how do girls not know that guys just like you? Cut that, cut that, cut that. not (laughs) how it looks on our side of things, Brody. We're a teenage girl. In high school anyway. Spicoli and Jefferson's younger brother's excellent adventure. (laughs) They're smoking weed and driving erratically. There's some strange lines in this scene. What do you mean? The younger brother is like looking at a dirty magazine and says, I like sex. Yeah, they're so weird. And then they pull up and Spicoli is like, people on lewds should not drive. Yeah. Oh, he's on lewds. Yeah, lewds. Fuck, there's so many things I missed. Like, I was like, oh, well, clearly these director and writers have never smoked weed before because, like, that would be terrifying being Mm -hmm. that high and driving that fast. No, they're on lewds. Yeah, right. Okay. Do you know what lewds are? Only from Wolf of Wall Street. Okay, yeah. So Quaaludes, Quaaludes. Oh, yeah, Quaaludes. Okay. Does it like make you they, like... Well, amp? as they explain in Wolf of Wall Street. The Quaalude, or lewd as it is commonly referred to, was first synthesized in 1951 by an Indian doctor, that's dots not feathers, as a sedative and was prescribed to stressed out housewives with sleep disorders. But pretty soon, someone figured out that if you resisted the urge to sleep for just 15 minutes... You got a pretty kick-ass high from it. Didn't take long for people to start abusing lewds, of course. And in 1982, the U.S. government schedule won them, along with the rest of the world. Which meant there was only a finite amount of these things left. No shit. You can't even buy them anymore. You people are all shit out of luck. Wild. So the scene in the scene in Wolf of Wall Street where he's yeah. getting going down the steps to get into the <laughs> yeah, Lamborghini. Yeah, he's on lewds. Right. Okay. Yeah, which is one of the greatest pieces of cinema of all time. <laughs> yeah. I don't even. The way they I lengthen like, the stairs kills me every time. <laughs> that is. It's just the best. <laughs> I, I, I I like that movie. I don't love that movie, mm. but that scene I would put up against anything ever. Yeah. Him trying to get to that 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 car. I actually ridiculous. I really love that movie but I hate how like there's this class of people that like it for the wrong reasons. Oh yeah. So they crash the car. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Spicoli's driving erratically and we get the immortal exchange. My brother's going to kill us. He's going to kill us. He's going to kill us. He's going to kill me. He's going to kill you. He's going to kill us. Hey man, just be glad I had fast reflexes. <laughs> My brother's going to shit. Make up your mind, dude. Is he going to shit or is he going to kill us? First he's going to shit. Then he's going to kill us. What dialogue? What just, dialogue? I hate Spicoli. Very real. <laughs> We get a, another montage. Yeah. Ridgemont is playing Lincoln High. I like the assassinate Lincoln. That was pretty Lincoln, clever. Yeah. Damone's taking bets. He rips off Arnold because <laughs> Arnold doesn't understand what the spread Poor is. Poor Arnold. 
Yeah, Spicoli has made it look like Lincoln Hire trashed Jefferson's car. Yeah, Spicoli, the fucking thug. Yeah, so yeah. clever. But like that turtleneck beanie look, working for him. Okay. Working for him. I'm glad that you enjoyed it. At the game, <laughs> Forrest Whitaker's stunt double mercs everybody. Yeah. It's a nice montage. Yep. You can just he's see very that. angry because they wrecked his car. I mean, you it would have been a fun of, shoot. You, you get close-ups of Forrest Whitaker's face growling, and then it is just the stunt double every time, and you can see the stunt double's face. Hitting <laughs> people like that and flipping them is a it's very good. fun. It's a, there's some fun stunt. But also, you can tell as, like, some people weren't hit as hard as they should be to, like, fall over. So, yeah. like, just filming that felt like it would have been a lot of fun. Brad's new job is at Fishy Joe's. Pop up. Popler in your mouth. When you come to Fishy Joe's, what they made of is a mystery where they come from. No one knows. You can pick them, you can lick them, you can chew them, you can stick them. If you promise not to sue us, you can shove one up your nose. Very fishy. It's not Fishy Joe's. It's Captain Hawk Fish and Oh, Chips. Fishy Joe's is fishy the Simpsons Joseph's. ones. It's the Futurama. <laughs> Futurama, that's it. It's Poplars. Yeah. <laughs> At poolside, Linda has sent a letter to her fake Canadian boyfriend, Doc, and then Mark and Damone drop by to swim in because it's Damone's idea. Yeah, who just drops into someone's pool like that unless you're good friends? They don't call first. Yeah. And how do they know that they're at the pool? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Convenient. Yeah. She lets them in, but they have to leave when Stacey's mum gets home. Damone, of course, pushes Mark in. Linda's not impressed by them, so she ends up sitting on the diver board and sad Brad comes home. Yeah, sad Brad. Doesn't talk much. Doesn't talk anymore. Yeah. He watches Linda from the bathroom. Has he become less popular because he doesn't work at American Burger anymore? I guess so. He, well, he lost his girl. He lost his girl. He lost his like sweet job where he was like almost a manager. Yeah. The weird like he's thing a sad is, boy. I feel like in this school, you are p- popular proportional to your like career success. Yeah. yeah. Which is weird. Yeah, it is a little yeah. bit weird. It's the 80s. Yeah. He watches Linda from the bathroom and we have reached 53 minutes and five seconds as mentioned in season four of Stranger Things. Yes, we have. What? She returned fast times, paused at 53 minutes, five seconds. Do you know who pauses fast times at 53 minutes, five seconds? People who like boobies, Ew, Robin. Gross. Boobies. Don't say boobies. Not a big deal, okay? I like boobies. You like boobies. Vicky likes boobies. Definitely. What do you mean? There's a joke in, in Stranger Things. Oh, where, I still haven't seen the new season. Yeah, so Fast Times of Richmond High. Notoriously, the tape of Fast Times of Richmond High would seem like it was more worn at 53 minutes. Ah, uh, yep. And five seconds. Yep. Because Brad fantasizes about Linda taking off her top and making out with him as he is jerking off. She, of course, is not doing that. She dives into no. the water, the real Linda, and gets water in her ear and then goes to get the water out of her ear with a Q-tip and walks in on him masturbating. Okay, now, the set, the blocking in this scene. Where he has his back to the door? Yeah, what is so he sitting on? What is, no, I don't think he's sitting. This is the weird thing. This might be a little bit too graphic. Uh, but like, is <laughs> he kneeling like in front of the toilet? I don't know. That's what I thought was going on. I was like, oh, this is so weird. This is, imagine walking, (laughs) not just walking in on someone doing that, but walking in on someone in that specific position would be so awkward. Okay. According to legend, (laughs) Judge Reinhold secretly brought a giant dildo to set to use in this scene. (laughs) And Phoebe Kate's reaction to him is real because Uh, of the giant dildo. That's great. Because she was grossed out. I love that. That's hilarious. Damone Fonzie's Stacey's Locker. 
to open it. <laughs> he is not cool. Yeah, fuck the mine. Yeah. Here, Mr. Hands Class, a pizza delivery guy comes to the door. So good. Spicoli has ordered a pizza to the class. Yep. Yep. I mean, what did he think was going to happen? He's just being, a, he's just causing trouble. Yeah. Just being a troublemaker. But like he actually, he feels, it feels like he actually thought he was going to get to eat that pizza. The delivery guy is played by Taylor Negron. He's in Better Off Dead. He's the mailman in Better Off Dead. And it's probably best known as Milo the Henchman in Last Boy Scout. You think you're so fucking cool, don't you? You think you're so fucking cool. Well, just once, I would like to hear you scream in pain. Some rap music. Vaguely. He's a Shane Black henchman. Is he like a bigger dude when he gets older? No. He's he's like, he calls Bruce Willis Joseph through the whole movie. Nah, I don't remember at all. Joe Hellenbach. I haven't seen Joseph. It's so good. I haven't seen him so long. It's a classic Shane Black henchman. Okay. Who has a lot of business. Okay. Yeah, and has lots of personality. He's great. Good morning, gentlemen. Is there a problem? Yes, officer. As a matter of fact, there is a problem. Apparently, there are too many bullets in this gun. Mr. Hand's not happy. Spigoli is causing a disturbance on his time, and Spigoli thinks it's our time because yeah, I like that line. Mr. Spigoli, you're on dangerous ground here. You're causing a major disturbance on my time. I've been thinking about this, Mr. Hand. If I'm here and you're here, doesn't that make it our time? Certainly, there's nothing wrong with a little feast on our time. Hand agrees and lets everybody eat Spigoli's pizza. Much to his dismay. I had teachers like this and like when they'd be like, this is my time. It's like, no, fuck you. This is also our time. Technically, you work for me, bitch. Yeah, exactly. Your school experience was a little different, huh? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Stacey walks home with Damone and Damone does make the effort to tell her that Mark likes her, but she tells him that she likes him and at her house he comes in for some iced tea. I don't like Damone, but the line where he's like, you got any iced tea? That was kind of smooth. She <laughs> asks him if they want to go, if he wants to go swimming, uh, and she gets changed and then takes him to the change room so he can get changed into some of Brad's swimmers. There's not going to be any swimming. They have sex. Yeah. And they have sex at warp speed. Because Damone is pretty quick. We get a reprise of she's going to be somebody's baby because that's Stacy's getting screwed theme. Yeah. yeah. And then he bails straight away because he's embarrassed. Yeah, and like, pardon the pun, but like definitely saw him being shit in bed coming. Now, as we kind of talked about a little bit already, yeah, there is quite a bit of nudity in this movie and yeah. it is all female nudity. Yeah. Originally it was not. And, oh, ah. there was some hanging dong. It was, this was shot for us to have full frontal of Damone in this scene. Uh, yuck. But the ratings board told them that they would get an X rating. If they showed a dick. So sexist. So they didn't cut the dick out. Oh. They reframed the shot in, post-produ- in post-production. I love when, like, there's a bit of hanging dong. Love a bit of hanging dong. The Criterion <laughs> Collection edition of How's this movie. sound bite? Sorry, yeah. Returns Damone's dick to its rightful place Ooh. in this movie. And I think that's fair. Yeah. No sexism. Is that the only nudity that was cut out? Other stuff was trimmed down. Right. At work... Linda and Stacy discuss how long Linda's fake boyfriend takes. Stacy catches her in a lie and lies herself about how long Damone took. And then at school, Damone uh, blows Stacy off in the hall. Yes. Yeah. Because he's embarrassed. Brad, hating life, 
working at Fishy Joe's. I'm just going to keep calling it Fishy Joe's. I don't care. (laughs) He's asked to deliver some food over to the boys at IBM. He starts getting changed out of his uniform and then gets berated by his boss. He is to represent Fishy Joe's. Man. Or Captain Hooks. See, this is the thing. I've never worked in those situations where like the boss of like any kind of small casual job was like that shit. You know, like I've only worked in the situation where if like if I was wearing a uniform and I had to deliver something and I wanted to like change back, I could be like, I'm not fucking wearing the uniform out, you crazy asshole. Like, especially if he's dressed like a pirate. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it's not like he's just wearing like a, you know, polo shirt with a exactly. logo on it. In his car, he pulls up to next to a girl. He's making eyes at her because I her pulled up next to a hot girl. Yeah. And she laughs at him because he's in his uniform. He's got a pirate hat on. Yeah. He also does taste the fish. <laughs> Which is terrible. The fish is not good. It's fishy. He throws the fish and his uniform overboard. (laughs) (laughs) You like? You happy with that one? You proud of that one? It was a good day at the board factory. (laughs) The woman in the car is Nancy Wilson, the lead singer of the band Heart, who were a big deal when this movie came out. No clue. She was dating Cameron Crowe at the time. They would later (sighs) marry. I think they had children. And then they divorced in 2010. She was very pretty. (laughs) The field track at school. Damone's trying to sell a girl cheap trick tickets. Yeah. I saw this scene coming, but I also, like, thought it wouldn't happen yet. Like, I thought there was going to be some build-up to it. As we kind of talked about it, it feels like there's just scenes missing. Yeah. yeah. The movie's very, like, hangout. The movie is very episodic. Yeah. The movie that I would compare it to is, like, Dazed and Confused, which is just a movie that involves... I had like, flashes kids, of that movie hangout. a lot, yeah. The difference is, is because it's set over the course of, like, a s- entire school year... Yeah, we're we just are, skipping yeah. to we're the big skipping. plot points. And and as we've talked about, there are a bunch of deleted scenes that do a bunch of like fill that make the movie feel like we're not making such big leaps. Like literally they had sex like two scenes ago. We never got it. And we kind of got Linda and Stacey lying to each other. And then we're straight away into this. Yeah. 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 Normally I think you would have a scene where she figures that out, that out that she's pregnant on her own before she's telling him about it. There is a scene with Stacey and Linda where she thinks she might be pregnant. It's not that sad. It's just Abbott and Costello. Oh, I know. It's just depressing. Everything is just so depressing. Stace, what do you think it is? What do you think it is? I don't know, Monday. I guess it was Damone, huh? Of course it was Damone. You know, there's one thing you didn't tell me about, guys. What's that? They can be so sweet and nice. And then you sleep with them and they start acting like they're five years old. Yeah, like And it's not it's not in the movie. I think that it the movie needs those scenes back, you know. Same. Yeah, I don't dis- I do not disagree. She needs to talk to him. Yeah, she's pregnant. He's such an asshole. How do you know it's mine? He gets mad at her. Fuck him. He's such a fucking idiot. I mean, I get that it would be terrifying. There's definitely excuses, but still, fuck you. There is, like, being a teenager and not being able to, like, emotionally deal deal with things, having that initial initial reaction. But, But then also... Like he continues, he has been a dick through the whole movie and he will continue to be a dick. It's not like his behavior is going to change. Nah. And there's also no way to really know what the nuance of the situation is because we don't really know how much time has passed. Yeah. Yeah. Like, is it, is it possible that he, he's not like, if it had been two months and she, he knows that she just hooked up with him randomly, then maybe it's a fair question. And like, but if it happened as soon ago as did in the, like it's two scenes, it's obviously it's yours. 
Yeah, and there's also like Rod, but like because we're doing the oh, whole year. Yeah, that was a, that, yeah, because that yeah. was a yeah. while ago and stuff. He suggests an abortion. It's no big deal. You just go and you do it. And she already has a plan. She's already like actually figured it out. <laughs> that's what she's going to do. Yeah. It's one hundred fifty dollars at the free clinic. Doesn't sound free. And all she wants is seventy five dollars on a ride. Which so, okay, so back to the money situation. Sure. Tickets to Van Halen. Yep. Twelve dollars. <laughs> well, it, yep. Breakfast. Two dollars. Two seventy five. Yeah, Abortion. One hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. So that's what, like, a couple of grand. Yeah, probably. Even Close. more than a that. Gra- a grand ish, maybe more. Yeah. Maybe more. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's hard to tell with these money. Things yeah. yeah, I think they're probably a little bit inaccurate for the time as well. Mm. Yeah, and then also it's 1982, so things cost different amounts. Yeah, Damone calls around to the people that owe him money to try and get it together, but no one's going to cough up. Yeah, so we see him trying to do the right thing, but then when he can't, he, he just kind of gives up. He's yeah. a fucking coward. Strangely, behind and this is like nothing to do with what happens in the scene. I just the detail I noticed. Yeah. His bedhead is a car door. Yeah. Oh, right. See inside of a car door. <laughs> That's what I mean. He has weird shit. It's that's just like strange, it's kind of fun. It's one of those things. I, I mean, I've seen this movie a few times. Never noticed that before. Noticed it this time. There's also one thing I noticed in this scene when he's like looking around. Mm-hmm. There's a shot of like him looking at, it's him looking at a poster. And, and then, then it's you behind see, him. Yeah. Yeah. Thank I you. noticed that yeah. as well. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a bad cut. But yeah, it all probably would have been okay if he had just turned up to give her the ride exactly. and given her what money he had. Yeah, exactly. Because clearly she had the money because she ends up, ends up doing, doing it. it. Yeah. So she yeah. must have had enough for herself anyway. Yeah. And the real issue was that he didn't turn up to give her yeah. a ride. Yeah, fucking scumbag. At the end of the day. Yes. Even if you're broke and you can't offer any money, even if you're there to fucking give her a piggyback, fucking show up. Emotional yeah. support, yeah. Of course, he does not show up. She calls his house and he's busy in, in the garage with his dad. Got her ma- Got his mom to say Say that, yeah. She ends up getting her up with Brad, lying that she's going bowling. And, of course, he spots her across the street as he pulls away in his rearview mirror. Yeah, he does good brother brother yeah. work here. We saw Stacey getting the abortion. Yeah, which I struggle to see what that imagery was. It, it's not particularly graphic. It's just her on a table with her legs up. Right. And then her having a conversation with the doctor. Hello, Stacey. I'm Dr. Grant. Any questions before we begin? Does it hurt a lot? We use a local, but you'll feel some pressure. It doesn't last that long. Does it hurt more to have a baby? Yes. But I think you mind it less. I feel like this would have been a fucking, like, hands down great of the greatest movies if all these scenes were back in it. Does anyone else feel that way? I feel like it would be a better movie. Yeah. I still think that there are just, because of the nature of its conception, because it is like, here is a portrait of American youth in, 1980, yeah. in 1980. I feel like it would still be, and because we have multiple protagonists, we have an ensemble cast, we're not following one person's story. Yeah. I feel like it would still not have the depth that we are all seem to be looking for in a movie uh, that okay. I think we would have the best of the best issue. Yeah, right. Too many people. Too many too many focuses, story, too many yeah. storylines. I feel like if they were going to cut the abortion scene because they wanted to get the rating down or whatever, they needed to put a different scene in its place where there are consequences to this. Or, or she has some sort of... Or just a discussion about how she feels about yeah. it. Yeah. Like, 
don't really anything. Care. Everything like is a, so hidden because yeah, kids don't talk to the each only, other. The only level of the gravity of it that we get is the girl who is going home before her. Yeah, yeah, is looks upset. Yeah, like that's the only thing that we yeah. get yeah. to imply that there's any, that this is in any way a big deal. Yeah, yeah. So instead, we cut to afterwards, and she lies about her boyfriend picking her up out front so that a nurse will let her leave, and then she, when she walks outside, Brad is waiting for her. Uh, standing by the car. Since good when do you go, brother. Since when do you go Very bowling? Very good anyway? brother. Yeah, it's great. Again, it's one of those things where, where is that for the rest of the movie? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like not that particular scene, but that dynamic, that kind of like depth of, char- depth of character. That bond between two people. Yeah. Because we don't get really get that with any. And yeah. like you were saying where the, um, both Linda and Tracy make a good character, but like even then their bond seems very superficial. We just get more of it. Yeah, because yeah. we only get them talking about sex and stuff. Yeah. So you don't get, I think, yeah. again, if you had that conversation of when they're talking to each other about her thinking about getting an abortion or thinking that she might be pregnant. Yeah. If you had a few more conversations like that so that every scene wasn't just, I want to have sex, well, here's how you should have sex, which yeah. is pretty much all that ever happens between those two characters. Yeah. Yeah. If there was a few more variations, then you would get more of that bond. I will say, although it's female directed, it is, I feel like, a very male written movie. Like well, there's, there's Cameron Crowe, yeah. a movie. Yeah, right. I, I do feel like it's it's not a female. I think she goes movie, out. Of, I think she is. goes out of her way to. Um, I think she, like like with the the dugout sex scene. I think Amy Heckling goes out of her way to put you inside the the girl's experience mm. in a way that a male director would not. Yeah, but I but I still feel the movie as a whole is very male centric. I don't know yeah. why I get that I vibe. Think, but I think it's because they've cut out all the nuance that she yeah. put, that she put into it. The studio wants the movie to be not offensive as possible, so they took yeah. all the hard conversations out of it. Yeah, they which, take the abortion which males out of don't it. like. <laughs> they take the abortion out of it. They yeah. take probably t- took whatever the hard whatever the, you know what am I going to do? Yeah, stuff out of it. Yeah, and we just get basically we get the highlights. And it's so yeah. funny that like Ebert, who like is c- completely contrast to how we feel about this movie, says, "Oh, they put too much realism in things and made it dirty." Mm. Yeah, she like, should have just had a nice realism time. void. But of they're this. right in that they do treat things lightly. It's not that the movie treats things lightly. It's just that it's just that because we don't have any surrounding context, things just happen. Yeah, yeah. she won't tell him who the who the father is, and yeah. She he asks if she's okay. She says yeah, and he says he'll keep it. it's her secret. Yeah, right? and then Stacy tells Linda that he didn't show up, and she's not going to let him get away with it. He's a little prick. Yeah, Damone finds his car graffitied with the words "little prick," and so is his locker at school. Yeah, the girls laugh at him. Yeah, coming out of the bathroom. I love how with his like single act of graffiti has meant to have shattered his world. <laughs> you know what I his mean? His reputation. Yeah. We're like, like, I don't know whether it's well, just like about- my sensibilities and my experiences, but if like there was one thing that was bad about you, like it's like the 24 hour news cycle. It's like, it's gone tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like it was a little slower. Yeah. Things, things stick a little bit more in high, in high school though. Oh, it depends. Like I, I feel like you get a nickname in year eight. That's your nickname for like, well, oh, that's true. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we had different experiences, yeah. but like. You also went to a 
all boys school. Yeah. yeah, I had thirty nicknames by the end of lunch. You know what I mean? That were all derogatory and all fucking made me feel yeah, anxious about the yeah, worst things, they, but I had to laugh it off. But they're not embarrassing you in front of all the girls. In front of in front I've of the girls. In front of girls yeah, a but, lot of times. Yeah, I know, but the girls aren't at your school, so true. therefore they don't know about your nicknames. True, true, true. As we do find out. Damone is, he already has a reputation for being kind of a dick because yeah. in the locker room, Mark confronts Damone about what he did or wants to kind of know what he did. Damone keeps acting like a prick, saying that, that uh, you know, she came onto him and whatever. And Mark says that he spent years defending Damone. They end up pushing each other and they square up against each other. But of course, the teacher gets in the way before yeah. anything happens. And then Damone's like, I woke up in such a good mood. Yeah. yeah. Good line, but also. Did you see how they were putting their dukes up? Yeah. yeah. Like old-timey old pugilists. Yeah, they definitely did yeah, not know how to fight. <laughs> but that's, I mean, tennis yeah. boys that don't know how to fight. Yeah. It's not that unusual. What's more likely is they would have, like, one would have tackled the other and they would have rolled around the floor for fucking yeah. pulling on each other. Yeah. And that's the end of it. <laughs> one would have pushed each other up against something and that would have been it. Yeah. Mr. Vargas takes his biology class on Chekhov's field trip. Of course, the first stop is a nursery mm. so that we can look at babies. Yes. And then the last stop at the end of the trip is the morgue. Do y'all remember doing this in school? Well, I never did no. this. Going and seeing cadavers? Never did no, this in school. What? No, what? No. You went saw cadavers in school? Yeah. You went and saw, seriously? Yeah. We went to so You, you did uni. biology, right? No, I didn't do biology. Yeah, I didn't do, yeah, no. We cut Was up this frogs. Was this in like year 11 and 12 or? No, uh, we, cut, we didn't. No. We did rats. No. Yeah. See, I didn't do did anything except basic science. I think it was actually for PE. What? Yeah. <laughs> I did like the advanced okay. PE in school, whatever. Because oh, you're going to be a personal trainer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what were you supposed to learn from the cadavers then? Like we were like learning all the like you, tissues and all the different things and they were like you preserved at the uni. You do that in PE. When you become a PE teacher, you do that shit so that yeah. you learn about physiology. Yeah. So you can be a personal trainer. You and learn it was about like how all muscles preserved. work and what's connected. Oh, dude, it was so foul. Wow. <laughs> I thought everyone did it. Vargas introduces them to his good friend, Dr. Miller. Dr. Miller is played by Mun Breast, who two years later would direct Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, shit. His career ended tragically due to the making of Jilly with J-Lo and Ben Affleck. It's turkey time. Huh? Gobble, gobble. <laughs> Are you in my class? I am today. <laughs> yes, I love that. It's the only part of Spicoli I like. Yeah, I thought you would. That it's particular only, moment. It's literally that moment is the one that I like. Um, what's the teacher's name again? Mr. Vargas. Mr. Yeah. Vargas just being like, okay. And yep. Good bloke. It's, yeah, Vargas does what he said, they said he would do. He puts his hands into a corpse and pulls out some morgus. The fact that they talk about it, like just being a, a being a, a derelict. Yeah, that was rough. And it's like, oh, $30? $25. Yeah, fuck. Yeah. Things were rough back then. Yeah. It's, but also, fun fact, your heart's in the middle of your chest. It's too much for Stacy, who leaves to throw up. And then Mark checks in on her. Good guy. They kind of re-spark their friendship. Are you okay? Oh, yeah, I'm fine. I just made a jerk out of myself, that's no, all. No, no, you didn't. Can't go back in there. Sure, sure, we'll just, we'll wait until they come out and then we'll, we'll blend in. Oh, here they come. You're so nice. We get a end of school exam montage. As Mr. Vargas can't figure out a Rubik's Cube, we see a bunch of kids cheating. We get answers on lizards, inside glasses, on thighs, and what have you. Lots of people cheating off Mark, yeah. what have you done? No, no, no. You're going to tell stories? You guys, like, because, like, we all cheated back in the day. Like, that was a part of school, figuring out how to cheat. I never hit answers on anything. No? 
don't what did you so. do? What was your method? Oh, no, I, I did put the a formula for a particular maths exam on the back of my ruler. Yeah, there were always those like, things you couldn't remember. And it's like that. But not like, not never, like crib you know sheets. I never gave a fuck what I got on the test, so I never really? cheated on tests. Man, oh, I cheated damn, so man. much. We had like groups figured out how to cheat. You know what I mean? Okay, that's a lot of effort. That seems like more effort <laughs> than it would have been effort. to just study. It, you know what's way less effort? You always have that one smart person in the group. You know what I mean? Yeah, the one smart person in our group just taught us what we needed to know to pass the test. No, nah, that would have been <laughs> much more difficult. <laughs> okay. Spicoli is very stoned, talking on the phone to Eric Stoltz. <laughs> Eric Stoltz is sitting on top of on the top deck of his toilet. Is he? Yeah, it's so I weird. didn't even notice. He's in the bathroom. He's sitting on the cistern. <laughs> uh, they're getting ready for graduation, but uh, there's a knock at the door because uh, Spicoli has company. It's Mr. Hand there back to get his. It's Mr. Hand there to get his time back. According to my calculations, uh, Mr. Spicoli. Uh you wasted a total of uh, eight hours of my time this year. And rest assured, that is a kind estimate. Now I have the unique pleasure of squaring our account. Tonight, you and I are going to talk in great detail about the Davis Agreement, all the associated treaties, and the American Revolution in particular. If you can just turn to page 47 of uh, Land of Truth and Liberty. Oh. I left that book in my locker, Mr. Hand. In that case, uh, I'm glad I remembered to bring an extra copy, uh, just for you. He figures about eight hours. I love this teacher. And does he remind you of that old British actor that played like a history teacher in Community one year? Ah, uh, fuck, I forget his name. I'll have to old business it, but he reminds me exactly of like a like the generation before the actor that I'm talking about. Okay. No, I don't remember. Golly's got his checkered vans ready to go. Yeah. Oh, thing. He has yeah. the best style, man. Oh, Jesus Christ. Fuck. No. <laughs> Come those, on. Th- those shoes stayed in style for a very long time. Still yeah. in style, really. Depends who you ask. Mm-hmm. At the dance, Damone apologizes to Mark. Why does he apologize to Mark? Where the fuck is his apology to Stacy? Yeah. Why and the he's fuck forgiven. does this movie- This movie forgives Mark him. Mark forgives him. It's not Mark's place to forgive him. Why is there not a scene with Stacy and Damone? They what the do fuck? the whole fucking bros beho- before hose thing and it's like, oh, how, well, now he's okay. The, I don't know whether Mark knows that an abortion happened. He knows that his friend slept with his the yeah, girl. Yeah, and the, the abortion apology That's is just different. not dealt with. There's yeah. no... There's there's no, no uh, yeah, there's no way. He, yeah, he did not. Yeah. Mr. Hand has made his point. Spicoli Valley speaks about history and Mr. Hand's like, oh, you seem to have got it. Is I do. A, I do like when he turns up to his house and. Yeah, I love the. I, I love like Spicoli. I yeah, love I the, like um, Mr. Hand though. Mr. Hand yeah. is great when he's like, "Oh, you'll probably find out about it next year," and then he's like, "No way, man! Once I've done the test, I'm I'm done. I'm passed." It's like, and if then you pass. and then he's like, "Yeah, if you pass, it's like, oh, I may not pass." He's like. No, I think he'll squeak, squeak by. How does he squeak by? How is it possible that he likes that he's him done? and he's he's going to give him a little bit more? I don't think that it's more. that he that he likes him. I think it's that he doesn't want him in his it's class, class next, next year. year. Yeah, it's entirely, Why would you put yourself possible. through through that twice if there's a way to get him out of your class? I anyway. think I think he's just trying to educate. I think yeah. he's he's a he's a patch. No, not a patch Adams. What am I thinking of? A patch Adams. <laughs> no, not a patch Adams. He's a happy Gilmore. He's a. He's a <laughs> <laughs> you're killing me. You know what I'm trying he's to reference. A little Mickey. No. I don't know what you're trying to reference. Good teacher. My captain, my captain. What? A dead oh. poet society. He's a dead poet society teacher. I think he's Robin Williams. I don't think he's doing Robin. No, he's not. I think he just cares about his students. Okay, sure. <laughs>
Spicoli and his boys roll uh, up to the dance, c- coming out of the combi stoned again. Once again, no special effects of any kind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Linda has written a letter to her fake boyfriend because she's upset that he won't be coming to the dance. Yeah. It's fake. Yeah. Her fake boyfriend. She is very upset though. Like her, I said, I was kind of convinced. Her dead fake boyfriend. <laughs> Spicoli sings Wally Bully with the band. The dancing in some of these scenes. Oh, that's wow. Amazing. Arnold's going off. Do you notice Arnold going wow. off? Yeah, Arnold's I think so. There are some people just like going ham. Yeah. And then we go back to where we started. We're at the mall and it's summer. Stacy has figured out that she doesn't want sex. She wants a relationship. She wants Smart. romance. That's her arc. That's yep. her entire arc. Yep. Is that she's realized that she wants romance. Linda tells her to keep her eyes open because there's lots of men around here. Stacy waves Mark over to the cool side of the mall. Gives him a picture of her so that he remembers to call her over the summer. And he does. That was a thing we used to do. We used to yeah. give each other pictures of it. Of, like, here's a picture that's, of me. That's super weird. It is very strange. That's super weird. Yeah, that's like no. going off to the army, going to keep my, like, sweetheart's sweetheart, yeah. photo in my helmet kind of shit. Yeah, no, that's the shit that gets you killed. <laughs> she gives him a little kiss. Or Brad. Janet! Oh, is now working at a convenience store, the Mighty Mark. Mark. Mm. Spicoli comes in. I know that guy. <laughs> Spicoli wants to use the staff bathroom after using his loose change to buy what he can buy. Yeah. And then, of course, the store gets robbed. This feels like it's out of another movie, right? Yeah, this a little bit. Like it really does. It, I feel like they needed to... Have an ending? They needed to give these characters something because they made these characters it's something. It's to give Brad a victory at the yeah. end of the movie. Yeah. But it also just feels like it's from a different, from a different movie. So unnecessary. And this is the ending. I know. It's so weird. The robber wants Brad to open the safe and yells at Brad. And then Brad's like, he's had enough and yells, get off my case, motherfucker. Get off my case, motherfucker. It's like fucking calm down. Yeah. I'm sick of being yelled at. Coley coming back from the bathroom surprises the robber. And then so Brad uses that opportunity to throw hot coffee in the guy's face and grabs his gun. Spicoli's very impressed. Awesome. Totally awesome. (laughs) And then that's the end of the fucking movie. Do you feel like this was earlier in the movie? No. No. Uh, no, okay. no, no, no. This is his victory at the it's end. His it's his, he now gets to be cool. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And then we get the American Graffiti ending. Oh, yeah. This movie is American Graffiti for teenagers in the 1980s. Ah, okay. Amy Heckling talked about this being American Graffiti for the, 80, for the 80s. Fascinating. The George Lucas movie about, yeah. about kids in the, in the, is it the 50s? Is that the 50s or the 60s? I don't recall. Must be the 60s. It's kind of Isn't about it George Lucas. a book as well? No, it's based on George Lucas. George Lucas' second movie, it, it, but he directed it right before he directed Star Wars. It's oh. got Ron Howard and uh, Harrison Ford is in it. Harrison Ford plays a bad guy in it. I haven't seen it. I just know of it. It's, yeah. So it's a, it's like kids on the last night of on the last day of school and the last night before they all go off to college or uh. to war or to war because the Vietnam the I think it's the Vietnam War is or Korean War is happening. Right. I haven't 60s seen it in such a very, very I haven't seen it in such a very 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 long time. Right. Anyway, that movie ends with a bunch of freeze frames and yeah. then text on screen telling you what happened to so those people. So that started that trend. Yeah, American Graffiti. So they huh. literally just do the American Graffiti ending for the huh. for this for this movie. Here's everybody's ending. Brad he was made manager of the, of the Mighty Mart. There you go. Cool. Yep. Damone was busted for scalping Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy Osbourne tickets and had to get a job at 7-Eleven. Vargas switched back to coffee. Yeah. Linda's going to college and living with her abnormal, abnormal psych professor. Yeah, yeah. That's not surprising at all, no. is it? Mark and Stacey are having a passionate love affair. Yeah. What they still haven't gone what? all the way. Mr. Hand 
convinced everyone is on dope. And fucking Spicoli. He saved Brooke Shields from drowning. Yeah. And then blew <laughs> the reward money. money hiring Van Halen. It's just fantasy bullshit. It's pretty cute, though. And that is Fast Times of Richmond High. Yes. That is. That is not the movie I thought it was going to be. Like, I didn't know Did you exactly. think it was going to be closer to an American Pie? No, I thought it was going to have more... Like, because it's so spoken about and so well-known, I thought it was going to have that depth that it didn't have, and I thought it was going to be a much more straight-faced movie. The funny thing is, is I think because it is so broad in its appeal, that's why it's actually such a well-known and loved movie. I think it's iconic. It has iconic scenes. Yeah. The Phoebe Kate scene. Yeah. The uh, Spicoli, who's the character that popped out of that movie. He's the he's patient zero for that stoner character. He's the reason that Paulie Shore exists. Yeah, right. Do you think do you think that it some of its popularity is people who commiserate or, or feel akin to that Spicoli character and then having the nudity and then they're like, hey guys, you should watch this. It's got a really cool character and lots of boobs. Let me answer that question in a sec in a second. Okay. Because it gets into how I feel about the, how how I feel about the movie. An appropriate age to have seen Fast Times of Ridgemont High. Ooh. I mean, you got to be in high school. I think, yeah, I think young high school though, because I think like it, with our modern lens and what it actually shows, not what it deals with, what it actually shows and it only dips a toe into a few things that would be hard to watch and I think a younger person cannot deal with those things quite easily and just enjoy the movie without di dipping into that those complex ideas. 14, 15 is a fine age. Too much younger and you're not going to relate to what little character work you get yeah. and it's just not for that. Like 100%. They're not going to enjoy it. Yeah, I don't think that uh, you're that young would enjoy it. But yeah, I reckon like same same age as Stacey, so 15. I was 20. Yeah. Like I said, I wish I'd seen it Because that math was really easy to do. <laughs> super, super, super easy. It came out the year he was born and he watched it at the 20 year anniversary. Thank you. So I was 20. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Would you watch this movie again if you're in free will? Uh, yeah, for sure. I wouldn't turn it off, but I wouldn't put it on. Yeah, movies like this I only really revisit because I want to revisit those characters and I yeah. don't give a crap about any of these characters really. Really? Enough to, enough to go be, you know who I want to hang out with? The, the kids from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Like, so, like, I, I had a pretty good time watching this movie. Did I, you not? I, that's not what I said. I said I don't care about the character. Like, it's for a rewatch, you want to hang out with your friends. Like, yeah. how we enjoyed be second best of the best yeah. movie because it's our friends. Yeah. It's like... These people are not my friends because they didn't have enough depth. There was nothing right. there. Kira didn't make any friends in this movie. Yeah. yeah so okay. it's like I don't mind Spicoli, but not enough to go, I want to watch that movie because I want to see Spicoli. There, there are other versions of that character that are exactly the same and are in better movies. Yeah, okay. So okay. Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted. I'll yeah. watch Bill and Ted I mean, if I want to hang out with Bill and Ted, but, but yeah. it's yeah. <laughs> This movie doesn't have enough depth for me to have much rewatch value from a either I want to hang out with the character's perspective or I want to see that plot again perspective. Because there probably are feel the other same. movies that do the same thing yeah. and do it better. Leading into, because you're kind of feel, starting to talk about how you feel about it, which is going to be related to your rating. So sure. the way that we rate movies is on a five-star scale with one being I hated this movie, two being I did not like this movie, two and a half being I liked parts of this movie, it was fine. Three being I liked this movie, four being I love this movie, and five being this is one of my favorite movies of all time. I liked this movie. It is the definition of I didn't like parts, I didn't love this movie, and it wasn't my favorite movie of all time. I just like this movie. And 
So spot on the dot. So three you have to say yeah. a number. Oh, sorry. Three. Three. <laughs> three stars. Thank you. Yeah, it's a, it's a 2.5. I, I saw that it coming. Was, it yeah. was fine. I liked parts of it. Yeah. <laughs> I think mine bumps up to a three because it was an easier watch. Sure. Yeah, I, I was. I, I feel like it was a good pick. I think I, I think it was what I wanted it to be in yeah. terms of it being an easy an easy watch and not too confusing or complicated yeah. or I feel like I need to do research in order to know what Keen's talking about when we get yeah. to the podcast. Just, just ease into the it's year. Like, yeah, it's like it's, it was an easy first movie of the year, yeah. but I think that we are going to watch better and more fun and For more. Sure better characters and stuff in 80s teen movies because I've seen a lot of 80s teen movies with Keanu and he has better ones than this. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I thought I have rated other movies much higher that I would not so easily watch again. You know mm. what I mean? But because this is lighter, I could easily yeah, watch this again watch but again. still don't feel as strongly about it. Two and a half. Yeah. I'm still two and a half. Yeah. I'm kind of with Kira. I should love this movie I but I didn't see it until I was 20. Yeah. And I feel like this would have exactly been the antidote to John Hughes' fantasy bullshit that I hated when I was a teenager. Mm. So I've railed against everybody the fucking the 80s. Everybody fucking loves John Hughes' movies. I don't love John Hughes' movies. John yeah. Hughes' movies never felt real to me. They never felt like they were representative of my experience as a teenager. Mm. This movie does, which yeah. I think is why it's iconic. All the things that we've kind of talked about, all of its kind of things that it's lacking, I think we're all, we're spot on with that, right? But I think that when you are 15, you just relate to that one moment that speaks to you. Mm. So whether or not it's, you know, liking the girl that works across the mall or mm. it's or it's feeling like you should dump your girlfriend because there might be other fish in the sea. So you, so you, as a teenager, you're not as critical of the movie as we, as we have been. And I feel like if I had seen the movie when I was 15, 16, even younger, I would have related to the realness and how raw it is because yeah. that's what I looked for in the books that I read and the movies that mm. and the movies that I liked as opposed to, I mean, don't get me wrong, I like a dumb teen fantasy movie, but as opposed to the things that were in John Hughes movies, which never felt like real teenagers to me. So it's 2.5. I like parts of this movie. Yeah. I think Jennifer Jason Leigh is great. I think Phoebe Cates is great. I think Judge Reinhold is really good in this movie. I don't even really like Judge Reinhold and he's really and he's really good in this movie. Yeah. I don't know how you can hate Judge Reinhold. I just don't like him. I just don't think he's I just don't think he's But he's not offensive though. He's, no, I just don't think he's like he's the same in everything. Yeah. He's exactly the same in he's Gremlins Neil. as he's in this as he is in Beverly Hills Cop. And Santa Claus. Sure. If that's your <laughs> he's just he's just a psychologist and he's warm and friendly and he does goofy <laughs> things like he does in everything. Next week, the way that we pick movies is that Kira and Brody alternate taking turns from a pick of three movies I have prepared. Can you I'm not excited. do it while you're like I understand that you're excited, but you do it over the thing that I'm trying to do and then people can't hear you and I have to cut you out. Miss Goosey. <laughs> The way that we pick movies is that Kieran Brody alternate taking picks from three choices that I have prepared. This week is Brody's pick. Guys, it's my pick. I I'm know, you're very excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> bum, bum. First of the year. If a movie remains unpicked for three times, it's struck out and taken off the list, although I can bring it back a later to my choosing. Still on the list from last year is Flatliners with two strikes. Today's a good day to die. Flatline. 30 seconds to go. Can you recall any specific emotion or sensation? No, but there's something out there. We're running out of time. 300, clear. Nothing. Your heart, go again. Clear. Nothing, I can't hear anything. Come on, Nelson. Freeze. We lost him. No! Ooh, two strikes. It's beautiful. It's erotic. 
It's terrifying. They know they've crossed the line. Flatliners. <laughs> Flatliners. Ah, <laughs> uh, can I read more? No. <laughs> okay. No. No. Kevin okay. Sutherland, Julia Roberts, Oliver Platt, one of the Baldwins. Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. Billy. It's got Billy Baldwin in it. One of the Baldwins. <laughs> I refuse to acknowledge them as individuals. <laughs> it's its front cover is iconic, okay? It's directed by Joel Schumacher, director of The Lost Boys. Yeah. Uh, and many other things. The other things I won't the name. The blue and like all of them standing around. Very iconic. It's iconic, yeah. It's a great poster. And also with one strike, as I mentioned earlier, Walter Hill's Streets of Fire. Oh, I'll be coming for her, and I'll be coming for you, too. Sure you will, and I'll be waiting. You are about to enter a world unlike any you've ever seen before, where rock and roll is king. The only law is a loaded gun, where the beautiful... And see the show, it's really good. The brutal. I want Tom Cody. And the brave all meet. From now on, it's for real. In Streets of Fire. Enter a world where street gangs rule and violence is real. Streets of Fire. Now this is directed by the director of the Warriors, which yeah, is like Walter, Walter Hill, who I have a, I've talked about having a love and hate relationship with. I don't know much about Walter Hill. We talked a little bit about it. The Warriors, yeah, but the Warriors is one of my all-time favorite movies. Mm-hmm. It has a man holding a shotgun with his leg up on a bike wheel, and there's an explosion of fire behind him. There is in fact fire. This looks fucking dope. The don't, main character, the main character looks like um, Tom Hardy, kind of like a young Tom Hardy. Interesting. Very good looking man. Yeah, I didn't look at the cover that much. Um, You've seen this. Have you? Yeah, Kira's seen it. She probably doesn't remember it. (laughs) She will once it starts. Yeah, it seems like it. I feel like there's some very heavy warrior vibes just from the images on the back. Yeah, a little bit. I don't know whether it actually, I don't remember the movie, but. All right. Before the third choice gets pulled out, where are you leaning? Uh, I think I'd be good with either. Okay. You happy? Of those right, two, yeah. Right. And third, mm-hmm. why have one Kevin Bacon when you can have two Kevin Bacon? <laughs> <laughs> two Kevin Bacon. Bacon. I present to you, finally, finally, motherfuckers, I'm putting it on the list. I present to you Tremors. Perfection. A scorched outpost in the middle of nowhere. You know how close I am to leaving this place right now? How close? Maybe that's why Val and Earl decided to leave town. Hey, hold up. That's Edgar Deans. They just picked the wrong day to do it. Jeez. Can measure it. They're coming! 
no scientist can explain it. Bert, they're under the ground! You didn't get penetration even with the elephant gun! Run, run! And no one knows what to call it. Mega worms or suckers or, or suckoids. Now this valley is just one long smorgasbord. Now, it's up to Val and Earl to save the world. That's one big mother. Who died and made you Einstein? And they know just what to do. Flip for it. Damn. Kevin Bacon. Fred Ward. Tremors. Oh, fuck. This is a movie that I think I've seen, but I don't know if I've seen. They say there's nothing new under the sun, but under the ground. Tremors. That's a weird tagline. Kevin Bacon, Fred Ward, a bunch of other people. I Your choice, sir. I at least know scenes from this movie. Right, I'm not going to lie. It's between Tremors and Streets of Fire. So we're just losing Flatliners? We're losing Flatliners. Sad. Sorry. Sorry, Kiefer. I love you. I know too much about Flatliners. I, I think I've seen the modern remake, and I know it's not as good as this one, but I just know the story. It's fucking trash. It's <laughs> technically not a remake. Oh, right. Okay. Um... How do you feel about Tremors? Do you remember this a little bit more? Yeah, I've se- I remember have I've seen that one. Oh, now I'm feeling bad about Flatliners. <laughs> um, so easy to guilt, Brody. I know, and it does I think have Tremors two will get picked for sure, um, because it's like podcast. Yeah, we've talked about it before. So if you don't pick it this week, it will, will still get picked. Would you choose Streets of Fire? I'm curious because apparently I've seen it, and um, it has one strike already. Mm-hmm. So if you don't pick it, I still have another chance, right? No. No, that's not no, how that works. No, you get two strikes. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, I always forget how it works. Yeah, I, you get another shot at strike. Tremors. I have to go Streets of Fire. Have to. Have to. Have to. Have to? Have to. It's done. I would have picked Flatliners. Cool. Streets of Fire. Fantastic. Did I do good? Did I make a good choice? Yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. Kian doesn't think that any of the choices are bad choices or he wouldn't put them in front of us. This is true. That's how, that's how it works. Uh, don't subscribe. Don't like. Am I going to do that for the second year? I don't know what I'm going to do. Maybe I, I think maybe we friends. should try actually encouraging people to like and subscribe. Oh, yeah, yeah. See if that makes a difference. I don't care if people listen. <laughs> you should I still don't care if people listen. Please remember that if you leave us a review on iTunes, uh, Brody has to tell us a story. And um, and I'll get personal with it's this a, shit. It's a, it's a good time. It's a good time had by all. So I'll go um, to uncomfortable places just to entertain you. Um, and we've, we've we've gotten some good good feedback on the previous story that he told. So yeah. Uh, that was leave us a really well done. Leave us a review on iTunes because I, I want more story time with Brody. Yeah. All right. Well, don't come back next week. Do, but. And don't follow us at. Weird Kid Video you on Twitter and Instagram. Technically, we have TikTok, but I haven't posted on it in like <laughs> nine months. And uh, assassinate Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> weird pool. Very weird pool. <sighs> Same. Same. <laughs> Dickhead. Fishy Joes. Try our new extreme walrus juice. 100% fresh squeezed walrus. Ride the walrus.